If you were watching closely, there was a clue. Got the million dollar check written already. I mean, I'm, I'm the winner. My wife and kids have definitely saved me from my demons. Last time I played like a cop, this time I'm playing like a criminal. I don't need to be carried. The girls are coming together and we're spinning the guys around as much as we can and then we're devouring them. I guess my nickname's Fabio. Each new day I get out here is a blessing because I was only supposed to get three. So I'm either gonna win or I'm gonna die trying. Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Dan. And it's actually all winners, Joe. It's all winners. It's, all winners. it's actually happening. We can't be wrong if we say it's a winner's edit. Right? It's all winners. It's arguably it's... a winner's edit no matter what we say. Right, because this is season 40, Winners at War, and we are here doing our preseason analysis of this cast. What we think about... Uh, these people coming back to hopefully win for the second or third time and what their edits will be should that happen or if it doesn't happen yeah i can't wait to um criticize people who are obviously way better at this than pretty much like anyone i've ever met like like the the worst person on this cast is still really freaking good so like criticizing them's hard but i'm gonna try to uh, layer my criticism and thoughts relative to the rest of the people so um i'm gonna try it i feel like it's too easy to th uh, be on the edge with everybody um so i'm gonna try to have some rash opinions in here so i think i, I think this is gonna be an exciting podcast mm -hmm. it's it's our first time we've covered a season of all people who have been on the show before. We had a few in uh, the original Edge of Extinction uh, with the four attorneys there, but now we have 20 familiar faces to go through. So, yeah. Especially relevant to this podcast, right? Like, um, like the kind of thesis of this is that winners are shown differently than regular people, um, like regular <laughs> players. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how winners look when they're not the winner. There's a lot of these people that we've never seen lose. Right. It's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah. In my research, it was interesting to see comparing all these winner edits to one another, how they're different, and interestingly, how they're similar, because I feel like they're a lot more similar than we might want to believe. And then, yeah, looking at those who have lost before and what their losing edits were like and how they differed from their winning edits. So lots yeah. of lots of spaces and also lots of mysteries here. Yeah, hundred percent. Like for a season called "Winners at War, All Winners," uh, this is gonna be Survivor mostly losers, right? Like, and I think that's <laughs> kind of a fun experiment. And yeah, in the uh, preparation for this podcast, you assembled a spreadsheet of every single winners winning edit, and it's scary mm -hmm. how similar they are alike. Uh, we'll link the in the show in the show notes. Because if you look at the raw data here, only like three winners have ever been negative before episode six. So I, I imagine that's going to change because um, like you have to have villains. You have to have unlikable people to have a cogent story. And like the complete lack of negativity in the early game for these people is something I, I imagine is going to be a really stark contrast to how we're used to seeing them. I know this is, I guess this is only the 20 people who are on this season. So I'm sure that you have like your Jenna's and other people who have been truly negative in the pre-merge, but yeah, that's the big thing is no one really gets negative after until close to the merger after, if they get negative at all. Um, like no mixed mores. It's like, there's no weird macaroni and cheese orange on my chart here. 
Yep. Um, and yeah, just more similar than I thought. It makes me really think for like a future, like all newbie season, maybe like, especially you can see a similarity between recent winners too, how they're all the sort of CP upon CP upon CP with some more mixed in, not too much tone. If it's tone, it's positive and it's disheartening to see it go so sort of in one pattern but here we are so yeah seeing it all in one thing amassed together it's scary how like like there clearly is a winner's edit because we're looking at it here um Mm -hmm. because they all these charts look very very similar um especially yeah the more recent you get like amber's edit is a little bit different than the others but still kind of fits the trend Right. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, 100%, that's going to be a fascinating thing. And especially the negativity that some of like the ones who did get negativity, it's Natalie, Sandra, Tony, and Tyson mm-hmm. are the ones who got like major pre merge negativity. And one of those is one episode of Natalie being negative, which was yelling at John Rocker for being racist, which is like mm-hmm. morally questionably negative. Um, it's really, really interesting. Um, I think that's the biggest development I've noticed in our kind of preparation for this podcast yeah yeah and you can and i even went back and looked at island of the idols to be like okay tommy was obvious but like yeah if you look at his edit and compare it to the other edits just by chart it honestly does look like this winner edit and no one really perfectly fits into that this mold we're seeing here you do have like janet and elaine kind of looked like that but like it was different enough that i mean hindsight is 2020 but i think i could could have seen it maybe yeah 100 and yeah i think the other thing that's here is just to me, I was noticing when I was going through people, I'm going to go, oh, this is going to be such a fun cast. At the same time, there's a lot of people that in their winning game weren't actually all that interesting as characters. And we don't actually know many of their flaws whatsoever. A lot of these people got really like glossed over, um, no, like without the edges at all edits where it's just look how good they are. And I think mm-hmm. it's going to be really, really uh, bizarre to see them actually not being hyped up, not being kind of mystified in the way that survivor tends to edit their winners i think this will be really illuminating not only for this season but for future seasons what these people actually look like right and you can see it in some of their like the people who have played before they won or after they won how their edits look compared to that some of them have these super negative edits or super under the radar edits because they're just not that interesting of a character and you don't need to show them so it's it's varied Mm -hmm. it'll definitely be interesting to see how 19 of these 20 people get edited when they're when they're not the winner Mm -hmm. And I mean, speaking of not being the winner, I think it's good. It's really interesting that they've chose to bring back, in my opinion, the worst thing to ever happen to Survivor, Edge of Extinction. Yeah, talk I about think... some edges they should have sanded off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, stand <laughs> off uh, like some of these people's edges. Yeah, 100%. Like, to me, it it's so disheartening. This is like, I don't know. I'm really worried this season could not be very good. And that's heartbreaking. I hope I'm wrong. I'm still pumped. I'm still excited. But it's in spite of a huge part of the season that I know will aggravate me and prevent it from being as good as it could be. Mm -hmm. I think I'm excited to see these people back because a lot of them, they may not be interesting per se, but they have like... It was interesting to see them win and seeing them back is going to be fun. I'm just with Edge of Extinction back. It doesn't feel like, I mean, none of these people have played with Edge of Extinction. Like they all won in a, in a format where once you got voted out, you were out with maybe a Redemption Island, like never this Edge of Extinction thing. And it just feels, it feels very twisted. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, even if you include Redemption Island, very few people on here have played with that, right? It's. Tyson and Sophie. 
and so yeah and sophie that's it mm-hmm. that's kind of nuts um and it didn't impact those seasons Edge of Extinction yeah, clearly much more relevant to the end game and we have a winner who uh came third place or <laughs> was booted out third um so i don't know i think i'm really nervous and especially i like i know a lot of people are hyping up the idea of like oh well you get to have tony for 20 episodes or whatever i don't want to see sad tony like i feel like that ruins the for better or worse whether these people are interesting or not in my head survivor actually does a good job of like making their winners feel like legends or titans kind of like people who are like the greatest of the great like Mm -hmm. really powerful characters and i feel like the minute you have them being super vulnerable on Edge of Extinction, we saw entertaining people on Edge of Extinction either completely vanish and like war dog or just turn into like sad people that just talked about how sad they were. Um, a lot of these people, I don't want like you don't want your Titan, you don't want uh, like Brett if you like love football, you don't want Brett Favre crying on an island about how he how how great he used to be. Like that's not a story you want to watch in your Survivor. I don't know. Right. And I think it's also about how Edge of Extinction just changes the stakes. It's like, you don't want Brett Favre, like, just living on an island and not being your whole whole show. Like, that's not... Mm -hmm. There's no excitement. Like, the excitement of Survivor, as it's been said, is always that one person gets voted out. And, I mean, people are still getting voted out, but we'll just get to see them to some extent next episode and i don't know i think edge of extinction could be good if it's used like super judiciously and like only almost when it's very important to the story or when there's an especially good tidbit that comes out like yeah if someone says there's something really profound and exciting about the game but otherwise like it just soaks up time and it's not interesting <laughs> yeah 100 percent um and also, I don't like that it basically makes me have to consider a demographic of people that are just, like, athletic way more than everybody else. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's really, really, really beneficial if you're an athletic person in a way that Survivor is beneficial to being athletic, but, like, adds a whole extra element of, like, you get so much more win equity than everybody else just on the premise that you can win it, like, mm-hmm. win a challenge. All your other skills are irrelevant. And I guess the interesting thing about this season is you don't have too many people who aren't athletic in some way. Like, in my research, so many of these people do CrossFit now. Like, what the heck? Um, But I still think there is an extent to which I'm going to, like, bet on uh, Natalie before I bet on Nick to win that challenge. Like, you know. Yes. Yeah, like, maybe it is a puzzle, but a lot of these people are really good at puzzles yeah like they all um, won like to some extent they were good enough to not be targeted for like uh early on for like weakness or whatnot so yeah just... and like especially if you consider so like throw tyson into the mix who his winning game is kind of predicated on exaggerating an injury and then no one taking him seriously as a, like an immunity challenge threat only to pop back up at the end and win all the challenges he doesn't even need that middle genius part he could just sit there on the island as a professional athlete and like is that not optimal play get voted out first and just uh try to eat as healthy as he can it's it's like riskier yeah like because you have to think oh i'm going to win at least one of these two challenges reportedly i think there's two challenges for coming back from edge of extinction we don't know that for sure but yeah it's just saying i have a good chance of winning one of these it'll make my life easier if i'm just there and not having to worry about actual strategy so yeah Go in, ask to be voted out first. Uh, do crunches all day. Probably have a lot of win equity. You also have to like imagine that the jury is going to be like not the original Edge of Extinction and be like the game has evolved to where Edge of Extinction is included. But... I honestly think all that stuff's overblown. I don't think winners are any di- like 
if anything, we've just never got to see these people be bitter jurors. That's the only difference between them and a regular jury, right? Like, we just never saw that side of them. Yeah. I feel like fundamentally being able to hang out with no stakes on an island with people makes you like them more than on a, be, be, being forced to live on an island with a lot of dramatic stakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting because a lot of these people don't care for a distinction. They don't mm-hmm. want to see it back. I don't know if it's known to them from the beginning or what, but hopefully at least. Yeah. I think because if it is known and then someone is like, Hey, you know what? I will, I will take that chance. I think that's an interesting move yeah like ozzy in um south pacific yeah. being like vote me out was actually kind of interesting um mm-hmm. ozzy has a way better chance of winning if it's such a extinction instead of redemption Island. for sure so yeah that's something um i don't have any other thoughts on edge of extinction other than it sucks personally <laughs> i it's just bad i hope they learn some like just basic lessons from it like it needs to be a little more exciting in some way like it's just a very dreaded like now we're going back to edge of extinction it's like oh I- yeah I don't, I don't care. So, however, uh, with the other twist, like, on top of this already terrible Sunday, the cherry is these fire tokens. Mm-hmm. They're like, Ugh. So, everyone gets a fire token at the start. When they're voted off, they will it to someone. Um, then people on the edge, it's just very confusing. People on the edge find stuff that then the people in the game can still, can buy. So then the people on the edge now have fire tokens and then they can use theirs to buy advantages for the return challenge. Yeah, it's the most convoluted, like needlessly complicated process I think they could have made where it's like the edge of extinction people are the merchants, but they also they need the money so that they can buy their own advantages. Like it's a lot. Um, It's like a necessarily hate it as a twist it's like a beautiful component of a board game but like yes. survivor is like elegant in its simplicity and like even the twist we have seen like immunity idols and stuff they've like made it work but it's chipped at the game in ways that aren't always the best and i think fire tokens is just too much uh what's the word they use when you're like playing a board game like too many pieces to like manipulate and keep track of yeah it's like when you have a group of like friends like i have friends who play Catan like every couple weeks with me and it's like you play Catan for years you love it you have a good time uh you develop in-depth strategies and then someone brings over like the pirate expansion that fundamentally completely changes the game and just adds these needless mechanics Mm -hmm. and it also makes the game take way longer but you still have the, the same amount of time to play the game you've only scheduled an hour to play yeah but there's way more to do yeah i think yeah that's the interesting part is that we as viewers now have to process all this information in the same amount of time and like from what we've seen the like time that survivor uses isn't set up for this economy of fire tokens to have a sizable portion like already we talk about how if there's a reward challenge the episode is stretched thin yeah we have this plus of an edge of extinction plus fire tokens it's just yeah if this was paired with the episodes being 90 minutes or two hours long i would be actually in favor of fire tokens i think it's a fun like throw something wild at winners and good players and see what they do with it let them be creative thing that works but i think it's a travesty it's on the only all winner season that will ever happen Mm -hmm. And it's just going to suck up all the time where we get to see who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how many characters on Edge of Extinction were good characters that we just didn't get to see because like David was walking around in escape room. <laughs> yes. It's sad, but yeah. Um, yeah. Fire tokens. I hope they like maybe put it online or something, right? Like use CBS all access to show all that content if you have to. Yeah. 
that's a theory I've heard. I mean, I don't know, because really right now I'm just expecting it to be sort of the essentials. Like at the end of the episode, during the final words, you'll get who the fire token was willed out to. Um, you'll get people on the edge finding the advantage. You'll get someone buying that. And like, if they have these advantages, it's sort of essential to it all because like it's essential to the game. So I don't know how they would split it out to an online only thing but i wish they could yeah no and like even if they just did like uh, the other thing is i think the edge of extinction interaction with it is kind of lame i think um i think it's fine if it's there's a currency in the game because then i can even picture good content of like joe gets voted out is like you know what i'm gonna give my thing to dan because i think that would make a big ripple in the game mm-hmm. that would be interesting right like it's like oh the people leaving have some sort of impact that's probably yeah. something missing from survivor that's probably something you could add that's interesting but Mm. then being then the ghosts find a seashell and sell it for three fire tokens and um like that part is silly like that part is just goofy yeah yeah it's too much all in one season yeah but like three on winners is probably the best people you could throw this stuff on because maybe Mm. they'll do something cool with it but yeah yeah um, I don't have anything else to say on fire tokens. Neither. We'll have to see how it manifests. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I was preparing for this, I sort of dreamed up some possible themes and stories. Like, who knows if these will come to fruition with all the rest that's going on. Um, but I came up with two from, like, looking at the sort of the Twitter videos and um, just the bios and general stuff. So the first one I brought up is how a lot of these winners have something to prove. I think Mm -hmm. there's sort of this bigger story of like almost legends versus like the low, like there's tiers of winners, like how legendary they are. So say you've got like your Sandra and Rob and Kim and Parvati at the top. And then you have people like uh, a Michelle or a Nick or an Adam who are like lower and like their win wasn't like flashy or anything. And they're not, they haven't played more than once. So it's this sort of idea that they have something to prove or maybe even like an Amber who's been out of the game for 32 seasons now. And can she make it in modern survivor or Danny? So I think we're going to see some storylines of having something to prove. And especially with Edge of Extinction, where once they get voted out, they can have their little sad moment of like, this is what I wanted from this experience. And now it's questionable whether I'll get it or not. So, yeah. Which honestly could be captivating. I'm especially picturing like a Michelle gets voted out early and she's just like, I've been looking forward to being able to come back just to show that it wasn't a fluke. Maybe it was like that could be good. I don't think Survivor would go that dark, but stuff like that could be kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're right. There's absolutely, as weird as it is, a huge um, tier difference between like the top and bottom of this cast, which, I mean, with all winners, shouldn't be the case, right? They all won the game. Yeah. But, like, no one respects Michelle as much as they respect Sandra. It, it, I think that's a huge thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. So, and Michelle, even her preseason stuff is like, I want to show that I am a good player. Even Ben is in that kind of tier, right? Like, there's a lot of these people that are hungry to show that they're not just some joke. Right. So, yeah, that's sort of the idea on having something to prove. The other thing I brought up is with this cast all being between the ages of, like, 28 to 48, like, it's is it the oldest cast I think we've ever had just by, like, circumstance. So, I think, like, Probably. age is such a big factor in this. Um, like you have Ethan who it's been also 32 seasons since we've seen him and like a ton has happened for him but he's so much older such a different person Um, in her Twitter video Amber talks about how 
on Australia. She and Elizabeth were the youngest, and now she's one of the oldest. She's in her 40s. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think there's an interesting, if the episodes have time for it, there's this interesting idea of like age and how how that affects them. Because I also think for a lot of these people who are a little bit older, age doesn't really seem like a factor for them. Like Denise is the oldest person on this cast, but she seems so like vibrant and like not older. Like, yep. I don't know. She was also the like the, one of the older ones on her cast anyway. Right. So like right. that kind of helps things, right? Like she was still kind of a quote unquote older lady either way. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I think that's definitely an interesting thing. And like to address our previous segment, I really hope that the episodes actually have time to develop these stories because I think they're probably the most interesting ones you could tell is Amber being like, when I first played, my archetype was like pretty girl, like pretty young, like clueless girl. And now I'm like a, like I'm a adult, like I'm a full grown adult. I'm a mom. (laughs) Like she's like a different type of character completely. Mm -hmm. And you could do so much like, really strong storytelling of being like trying to find the old her that was able to be so excited about things and like you could do a lot of fun stuff with all these people and i'm just terrified that edge of extinction and fire tokens are going to completely take away some really captivating stories or even like if you think about game changers like there was another cast of interesting people i mean most of them have played pretty recently but i think it was in an era that focused so heavily on big moves that we got this focus on big moves as opposed to looking at some of these stories. And if you think about when Game Changers really shined, it's um, Sandra wanting to eat a baby goat or Sari at the challenge. It's these like big moments that aren't necessarily related to these big strategic moves. I am really scared that if this season hedges towards, oh, these are all winners, so they're going to have the best strategy and the most exciting chess game you'll ever see. That's not what I want to see. I want to see how like some of these people have changed a lot since they played the game and I want to see what they're about as opposed to what this game is going to be. Especially because if you look at this cast, honestly, this isn't even full of like the biggest schemers necessarily. A lot of these people are like the nice people that did well. Um, Mm -hmm. And I hope that doesn't get lost along the way. I also think there's some like really captivating ones with like poverty being like an icon like of like being a greek siren like this flirt girl who's able to manipulate anybody with her like charm and now she's like married she has a kid like yeah the kid energy on this season is gigantic like oh yeah so many people have children um to an extent where you can almost see like children parents versus not parents because it's such an important part for so many of these people and it's something you can easily bond over when you're on an island with little else to talk about so yeah and honestly there probably also is something to just like none of these people probably were millionaires before they played and now they are right like yeah for example like adam now just like lives like his he went from being like a stanford business guy to he has like a youtube show where he like goes to desert islands and like right goes on trips like that like a completely different life course Mm -hmm. yeah and like looking at the cast i don't think anyone maybe kim and maybe yule but otherwise i don't think anyone was anywhere as close to a million dollars as they were after they won yep 100% which I think could be interesting right like there could be the question of like well what did you do with your win like I think that's could be interesting I guess before we move to the actual cast I'm curious what you think do you think their previous season will actually impact their ability to win in the end what 
do you mean by that? So like, say, let's say Michelle and Boston Rob are the file two. And Boston Rob was in this game useless somehow. Just is a tag along and Michelle dominated the strategy. Does Boston Rob get more credit than Michelle? Yes or no? I don't think so. I think I agree. That's the nice thing about all winners is they do know, like just looking at different people, like no two people really have the same exact path to the end and yet they all won. So I think they can all say games are different and it's not based on who you were, what your reputation is. It's how you played this game, which I think that does, it's going to make for a really interesting final because it's almost by default you're going to have a goat and it's like how can you imagine a winner of survivor to end up being a goat so yes. that's something i've been thinking about a lot too is who are the who are the goats and how do they become that way so 100% and i think it's so easy for us as like fans of the show to see it as like there's a mount rushmore of survivor and if sandra gets to the end she absolutely wins how could she not win and i just don't think that's going to matter i think 39 days is going to trump whatever and like 32 times 24 hours with these people is going to trump whatever like pre-game reputation they have i just don't think that's going to matter too much come the end of the game mm-hmm. i think it's going to be I... what you said actually your quote where you said um it doesn't matter who you were it matters who you are right now a hot take is going to be the theme of the season i, I think that's makes a lot of sense actually to be like one of these themes we're going to drill into everyone's head for 14 episodes or whatever Mm-hmm. And I guess I might have said you would have buried the lead with Sandra and that like Sandra making it to the end after winning twice would be maybe the exception. But I think with her losing game changers, that almost makes it not the case. Yeah. Where, yeah. It's like if she had just come from heroes versus villains and made it to the end a third time, it was like, well, <laughs> she's impervious apparently. So yeah, give her the million. But yeah, I don't necessarily see it here. Well, I mean, if Sandra wins, it. All it does is solidify Sarah as the single greatest player of all time. Um, <laughs> that's all I have to say on that. Hmm. Um, so, um, anything else you want to touch on before we move into the cast proper? I don't think so. Cool. So, we're going to, we know the tribes, so we're going to go alphabetically by a tribe. Um, we're going to start with the blue tribe. I did not fit their names in our document, so I don't know what they're called. But <laughs> I have no it's idea definitely, what the blue tribe name is. the blue tribe. One is Sela, one is Dakal, but I don't know which is which. So, this is for now the blue tribe. Perfect. Go on your local Wikipedia or Survivor Wiki and you can see whichever one this is. Absolutely. But it's the one Adam's on because we're starting with Adam. Adam. (laughs) So Adam is a fascinating one to start with because to me, he's actually he's actually a great one because this is a theme I kind of wanted to touch on beforehand and i'll use him as kind of a stepping stone to do that even the trailers like on tv like the commercials for this season is showing this like moment that i'm surprised more people didn't talk about which is a bunch of these people are gonna be like fanboys of other people on here like in a way where it'll feel very weird where like adam is a super duper fan Love Survivor is a total Survivor dork. He, I feel like he's just going to be like drooling all over like Parvati, Ethan, Danny. Like he sees these people as more like as celebrities. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting thing with so many recent winners that specifically are super fans like Adam, Nick, Wendell, who else? Um, Ben, they're all super fans that love this show have been watching from the start. They like kind of worship these people in the back of their head. And it's going to be a really weird dynamic because inherently they're giving away some of their legitimacy 
immediately by being amazed by being around these people that they covet so highly. Yeah, and then it's like a strategy of like, how much do I let my adoration show? Like, yeah, do I I have to like, even if I don't feel I have to pretend I'm like one of these greats because I don't want to be like immediately pegged as a like number from the start as opposed to a leader unless you do maybe that's your strategy i don't know but, i just yeah. think there's a good chance like for example adam to talk specifically that he just never really gets in the game zone i think that's very very possible if like i feel like you can't play survivor if you don't feel genuinely as if you can win and as if you're somebody who has a lot of like if you don't have confidence in your ability i think that's a like a death sentence in Survivor. And I think just naturally being around like people you see as like icons mm-hmm. will hurt your self-image and make you portray yourself more dorky, which can be really, really bad for these people. Right. I just, yeah, I get the sense from Adam that like, regardless of his like his win or not, he feels very, he feels sort of like that filler for this season right now yeah. and maybe, maybe he'll surprise us but like he's not he doesn't feel like he's coming out here with something to prove necessarily even like like his win wasn't bad but it wasn't the greatest but it doesn't feel like he has anything to prove necessarily um yeah he just feels like in the middle very yeah. very mediocre no adam honestly i think is the one per cast i'm stunned is here for that reason where he's a perfectly middle of the road winner um like and i guess he was kind of interesting but i don't really get what he has to prove i think he's here because he really loves survivor and that's about it like Mm -hmm. to me he's the he's the winner you could have brought back for just like all stars two or whatever like whatever the next non all winners one is Mm -hmm. because i think you're right like i think he reads a little bit of a filler to me he came off really arrogant in his preseason interview i'm very low on him all the reasons I'm saying where I think he has an overinflated view of his game. I think he's going to want to prove himself a little bit too much. And mm-hmm. he's clearly starstruck by the people around him. And I think arrogant plus starstruck makes him come off smug, but also weak. I think he's, I don't think he's going to last long. Hmm. I don't know. I think it's interesting coming off of his season where he does have sort of a more unique winner's edit where he has this weird negative turn around them before he pops back up. And then it's this very positive story with his, his mother and all that. So it's going to be interesting to see what he looks like if he does win and doesn't have this this is all his story is already sort of in the rear view where he goes from there um but yeah i don't have like the highest estimations for him i i guess i i don't know where i see him falling in the end though i mean he could definitely be pre-merged for me i think just sort of a casualty of the war i think he just reads like somebody that like one everybody should know he goes to all the events Mm -hmm. i feel like that's something like i i don't think the winners are going to be I think people are overvaluing how much these people know about Survivor. I don't think most of these people are like Survivor super duper fans. Like Kim probably watches Survivor and that's it, right? Like (laughs) Adam is a super duper fan, goes to all the events, is everywhere. His life is Survivor. And honestly, I think people like Rob will be completely turned off by him. Yeah, I was listening to the Rob Has a Podcast preview and on adam there are a lot of comparisons to rob's sister nino and all stars and how rob sort of zeroed in on that and got him out and i don't think it's a bad a bad call that rob is going to see through adam and get him out so yeah i guess i just he would have to be sort of like a leader and a supported leader from like day one Mm mm-hmm because yeah, I feel like I think... if he's not that, he he could be a goat at the end. Yeah, I I, I could see that. 
And I think he's going to come into this thinking he needs to be low-key. And I think that's really bad because Ben, Ethan, Jeremy, and Rob have a lot in common. They're all kind of like bro-y alpha guys. And I think Natalie, not... Natalie would go with them. Yeah, Natalie too. Even Danny yeah. is like, oh, yeah. right? Like she's married to a, a like a football player, right? Yeah, or she covered for football. She was like a sports guy. Yeah, she's a big she's a big sports person. Like, yeah, her and Rob are gonna get along. Her and Jeremy are gonna get along. They're gonna have a lot to talk about. Mm. I don't think him like like Adam and Ben. I can't see interacting. I think Adam's on a garbage tribe for him. Yeah, he's definitely like if things sort of glom together. As we see them here, like Adam is at the bottom with like Parvati, which is like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I just don't know who he were. I think him and Denise will get along, but yeah, didn't, like I guess if if there's like a girls alliance together, like he could ride with that. But and I think Ethan could be more his type. Yeah, I don't know if it does go this sort of boys club way. Adam is the odd boy out. I think. Mm, question for you: Do you think that this is going to be a season where the threats? band together or do you think this is going to be one where it's a like all-star style where it's all the good like exciting players get massacred at the start i think that's like the big question is like are all these big threats going to actually stick together or not i think on this tribe it's more likely that they don't and i think that's maybe because there's a like lighter concentration of what i would consider big threats like mm -hmm. harvey rob maybe jeremy so like yeah. i think but i also think this tribe is less likely to sort of subscribe to that big threat get them out philosophy like you yeah, know what I, I mean jeremy's on this tribe yeah meat shield man's on this tribe <laughs> um yeah Which, no, like adam adam was also a meat shield person so yeah i th I could see adam earnestly try to get like boston rob to be his meat shield but i think to be a meat shield for somebody you have to like actually get along with them quite well mm -hmm. and i don't know like the meat shields and millennials versus gen x were like david wright not rob or lex or yeah or it was like, savage like brett ken like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it was a different cast um and like to adam those were people and i think that is where like he sees these people as celebrities mm -hmm. like whoa i'm playing with ethan zone and rob marion like insane yeah, yeah i know I, I like like i think everybody knows deep down when they talk to somebody that they see is like way above them like how like childish you naturally end up coming off yeah That's how i think adam's gonna come off mm -hmm. and i also just like in millennials version x he struggled really hard at the early game um, which is, I think, the part of the game where your raw likability is most important. Mm. Well, I will say he, because I also went through and looked sort of at the trajectory. I obviously didn't watch every season again, but like sort of thinking where they were in the game, whether they're playing from the top or the bottom. And I think Adam was in a lot of scrappy positions, but then did get out of them to some extent. I just yeah. don't think of that like that's how he's going to be here. Like, if he's doing mm -hmm. that, I think he's sort of the Game Changers Aubrey version of it, where they just sort of toddle along and then they are cut ceremon unceremoniously. I could see that. Honestly, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. To me, yeah, Adam just, I'm not high on him here at all. Mm -hmm. Even, like, he was blindsided, like, the Mari vote, like, he blindsided by that and maybe would have left next. He yeah. had a really hard time at that point relating to like mm -hmm. Jay and Michelle and Taylor and all them. I sure. think that's a good comparison to Rob and Jeremy, Ethan. I think it's the same and almost worse. Like, these are like your Gen X four-year-old dad types. Not, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Any I, other thoughts on Adam? 
I see him as a background character. I can't exactly place what that means for his like placing in the season, but like yeah, true. Those background character places, like uh, maybe a late finale boot that doesn't matter, or like early pre-merge irrelevance. But yeah, I think his best case is the Aubrey fifth place. Like, wait, that was Aubrey. Aubrey was undirty, but yeah, I like Adam. I wish I had better things to say, but yeah, me too. Cause like, I see myself in him a lot where it's like, he's, he's the super fan on the cast, right? Like he's, he's us. He's the dorks on the internet, mm-hmm. but I just think that the dorks on the internet don't fare too well with like boss and Rob. Mm-hmm. So let's move here to Ben. <laughs> another, another interesting touch point, I think, because I would say Ben is the like one with the most questionable winner status maybe michelle it's it's close between ben and michelle Mm -hmm. but obviously ben with his all his idol finds at the end leading to his win is sort of an interesting interesting place to start from absolutely ben is weirdly enough for a character that i i didn't love too much and like whatever he was fine and I, i ultimately he's somebody who in my opinion was a really good player who just didn't win the game of survivor like he he came fourth. I think here's Heroes right. Hustlers is an amazing season. If he comes fourth place and he's the Rob God, like like Rob God is fallen angel uh archetype, it's like, oh, that guy almost won. That's wild. And you're right, like, despite being a super in your face character in that season, he's definitely not respected. Like, yeah, like it's him, Danny, or Michelle. And it's not even close. But it's like for completely different reasons. Like it's mm-hmm. distrust of the system for Ben and like luck. Whereas Michelle, it's like, oh, the jury was wrong. Danny was like, oh, she wasn't even on it. Ben, it's like, oh, he just found idols, huh? But he sucked at the game. That's too bad. Which I don't think is fair. I think he actually played a really great game in in Survivor Triple H. It just, he didn't win. And lots of great players don't win. I think he, from what I remember, he played a really great game for like if the game was 20 days long. Because like what happened was everyone was then like, oh no, Ben is a super huge threat and just started this like we have to get him out. And then that's why he was a target. He saved himself and loop repeat until he made it to the end, which is, but I think, I think that's still a problem. Like you need to make sure you're playing right, right. Not good, I guess, because if you're playing good and it's, you're just playing good too fast, you're going to get voted out theoretically. I guess that is fair. I guess to me, I just, I think that's way easier to learn, especially with theoretically better people, like filling in those spots. Like, Mm -hmm. like, does Ben look like, because basically Ben got to like final seven, I think when it really turned on him. Yeah. And he was the obvious, most charismatic, most likable, best player there. Like, no one else stood out that way. And he was just, he stood out like a sore thumb. He theoretically shouldn't on this cast at any point ever do that. Mm. Um, And I think he's way smarter than people think because of just the the lashing he's received by the Survivor community for, like, what, two, three years? He's a joke. If you go on our Survivor... The only time he ever comes up is like making fun of him. Yeah, I think I was looking at clubs that suck. They do their ranking and he was extremely low. Like nobody, I guess, likes him or respects him. Which looking at the season and thinking about it, I'm very excited to see Ben again. Like I would say I didn't like that he won Triple H, but I'm excited to see because in a lot of ways, this season is not going to be like players. They know there's a fire making to us at the end. Um, you have the edge of extinction and fire tokens, which are going to make it different as to how you get idols and stuff, I would yeah. imagine. So it's just going to be a different experience for Ben. And then, yeah, he's also, yeah, the top of Triple H in terms of a character, but here he's sort of background to middle, maybe. 
So my hot take is I think Ben is the breakout character this season. I think he is the Wentworth effectively where I think by <laughs> the merge, he has like, like clubs that suck is standing this guy. I, I think he's going to be a lot of fun. His inter- his uh, ET Canada interview was pretty much like, I already won. That was my dream. Um, I'm doing a lot for veterans, but now I'm here to play. I'm just here to have fun, uh, do what I can and play well, show that I'm capable of doing well, but also have a good time. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. He gives good confessionals. He's actually really funny. We yeah. didn't get to see it because he won and like it was in an intense way. So his character right. was like defined by intensity. Ferocity. Ferocity. Yeah, ferocity that transcends the game, one would yeah. say. Um, <laughs> quoted to but Dr. Yeah. Mike four times. But <laughs> yeah, like if you look at his Twitter, the guy's really witty and funny. If you look at his, any of his podcast interviews, he's funny. He knows a lot about the game. That just didn't show up in his game. That's fine. I, I think yeah. he has a lot of chance to win. I think he's a lot of win equity. I think he's one of the most charismatic people on the cast. So he, I think he's going to get a lot of confessionals. He's going to be a main character. Mm-hmm. He's very, he's in his Twitter video, he's very much bringing like a different, like funny energy to the season. Whereas I feel like he was sort of this um, more mature, stoic cowboy character at the beginning of Triple H. And so, yeah, I don't know if they have him as high. Like, it's hard to imagine him being the winner of this season still to some extent. But like, if he's sort of the leader, I could see it. Like, like whereas Adam, it's hard to imagine him getting into this leader position and winning. Ben is very much like he has the tools to become a leader and then get there. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, I know to me... He'd be my top five to win. Hmm. I'll have to, throughout this podcast, I'll settle on my actual number one. But he's somebody I could theoretically come out of here saying is the is the most likely to win. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't come up with a list beforehand, but like... I came up with a top five. And basically a check mark or no check mark of if they can win. Mm-hmm. He's a yes, he can win. Yeah, I would say he's yes. He's not like in my like considerations. Like my nominees for best candidate. But yeah. But yeah, I think he's going to be a ton of fun. Edge of Extinction benefits him a lot. Mm-hmm. Granted, he kind of sucked at challenges, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I don't know, so, but it's it's one challenge, and it's like a bit luck, so. Yeah, just takes one. Anyway, that's Ben. Let's move here to mm-hmm. Danny. Joe, <sighs> I want to know your thoughts of Danny before I give mine. <laughs> um, I think I'm a Danny stan, a stanny. Uh, she's obviously a weird one because her winner's edit is maybe the most different looking at our chart here and that's because she intentionally kept her stuff from the producers which is like allegedly allegedly but pretty well allegedly but if she did that that's a pretty intense game move in itself and part of that was she was down in numbers and ended up overcoming the odds but in like actual like social manipulation way not idols and fire making challenge way um i think her twitter video energy was like not it felt she felt very monica culpeppery not a good way like she said she was taking the game seriously and ready to show but it didn't feel like she had all the stuff to get there so i don't think she is perceived as a threat in any way and i think she will make it far uh i just i can't I don't know if I see her winning. I am way lower on Danny than you are. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I think Danny Boatwright is by far the most overrated winner of all. <laughs> not even close. And she's not even rated that high. I think Danny Boatwright is the winner that got a bad at it, lied and said that she had stuff from producers. I, I don't buy that for a second. It's such a convenient excuse. 
Um, she was the last Pagongs. That's what happened in that season in Guatemala. And that puts you in a good spot to uh, when she was up against a really disliked uh, opponent. I don't think there's a, I guess to me, there's no meaningful difference between Danny and Natalie White, other than Natalie White didn't like, was just like, yeah, I, well, I, 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 maybe I deserve to beat Russell. Maybe I didn't. And Danny Boatwright chose to spend 20 years being like, no, I was, oh, he should have known the things I was doing that just were never shown and there's no evidence for whatsoever. I was like, you know, I was Tony and they just didn't even know it. I played so well, not even production saw. I just think it's bull crap. I don't think it's true at all. I don't think this girl even watches Survivor anymore. Her oh, for intro, sure. No way. Yeah, her intro video <laughs> showed nothing. To me, this is the person that when like, I'm sure all of us Survivor nerds have talked to somebody in their real life. Who's like, oh, that shit's fake, right? Danny Boatwright, if she hid anything from production, it wasn't some brilliant. Oh no, movie. No, she thinks it's rigged. That's what it was. <laughs> like, I think Danny didn't tell production everything. Now, do I think she was this amazing puppeteer mastermind behind the scenes? No, I just think she made an interesting choice to not tell as much as she was thinking, and thus not an under-edited version of her. But if she had been fully edited, it wouldn't be like uh cp5s every day but i just think this is the kind of thing that it's it's the one um quote like survivor legend right that i think everybody knows right like if you just watch her season she's not very visible she's not a main character but you go on survivor reddit the first thing you see with in any comment discussion about her <laughs> is that hiding thing about her that's the most known thing about her right. that she hid stuff from production and secretly she was really great so i think the winners are going to know that mm-hmm. the winners are going to know she's way better than she says because of what she's been saying so they're not going to treat her like a michelle they're going to treat her like an actual winner like a that they respect and i i mean michelle's an actual winner i just mean i think there's a Chance they don't respect her that much. I do I think they respect Danny because they see that as brilliant. I don't think it was brilliant. I think she was boring. And by hiding <laughs> stuff from production, it meant she didn't know what to talk about because she wasn't very game savvy. Um, And that is a way to hide stuff from production, hide specific moves by being boring. Every season we have like Chelsea Green or that's her name, right? Chelsea no. Townsend. Her name? Townsend, yeah. Chelsea Townsend <laughs> employ the same strategy, I'm sure, of uh, hiding her masterful game. Um, it was just not a good confessionalist is the same way to say that. That mm. said, I do think Danny's like athletic, probably pretty social. I think she'll do okay. I think she'll be a total background character and she'll hide her game from production yet again. I mean, the interesting thing is by how you described her, she's now sort of slotted into that like under the radar girl slot. That's really good for an all-star season. So like, I mean, if she comes she out. could have been if she, if the one thing anyone knew about her wasn't that she's way better than that i i don't know i just think if she does manage to have the strategic acumen awesome i really don't know if she does mm-hmm. and i guess that's where we uh, converge i do think she was quieter to production but i don't think she was brilliantly strategic i just think guatemala is early enough and the circumstances worked out right that she was a better winner than stephanie Lagrosa in that season yep i just i just think she's gonna have more threat behind her than she actually her gameplay can warrant and like i could see her like honestly like you you mentioned monica culpepper i think monica padilla and like (laughs) um second chances where that's exactly what they said about monica padilla where it's like oh yeah she was like the quiet girl but apparently she was really good and and so no one just wants no one gives her a chance Hmm. that's like that's kind of how i see it i think she's gonna leave like a swap Hmm. yeah i I can see that 
like later pre-merge. She's not gonna be first boot, but sure. She has UTR quirky girl vibes, so I'll probably stand. But yeah, there's a chance I like her a lot. <laughs> I I love Monica Culpepper. She's great. Um, so I hope that's who like who this is. Oh yeah, if she was like a Monica Culpepper style like goat to the end, that would be yeah very fun, very good story for this season. And I think it is interesting. Is it, She's probably the only winner on here who probably has no idea who these other people are. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't think she's watched Survivor. Yeah. I she's, mean, recently. At least if she's not watching, if she is watching, she's been very, I think, removed from, like, Survivor culture. She hides that from production, too. <laughs> and, like, it's one of those Calvin Ball excuses where, like, if, like if, if you hide everything, you're nothing. I don't know. Like, the Survivor Wiki says that Tina got cut at the end of casting. Like, kind of amazing that Danny got in over Tina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess, here we go. We have someone from Guatemala. I'd so much rather finally... have, like, Vesepia or Tina. But that's what Right. I'll try to keep my casting uh, thoughts aside. I'm excited for the redemption of Danny, yeah. but right. It's, I hope so. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I just, I've been sitting on that thought about Danny Boatwright for, since Guatemala. <laughs> And I'm, she never comes up other than that because it, it's nothing she has nothing no one's ever pointed to any anything she actually did <laughs> she was really nice that one time and i invited the other tribe over for her birthday so they could all yeah. be in the swimming pool that is my danny boat right moment it was on tv though so you didn't even hide that from production <laughs> right like what did she hide her uh, writing confessionals i guess hopefully mm-hmm. she just like that's her first confessional she's like you know what i'm taking the the muzzle off it's like <laughs> a super game nerd that'd be fun but mm-hmm. anyways let's move here to ethan who no, denise. i denise denise oh, <laughs> my bad sorry i thought denise was on the other <laughs> tribe so yeah we'll move here to denise i'm so excited for denise i really really love her i hope she does well I think she's a good player. Um, and I think she actually stands out against the other players in quite an interesting way because I think she's the only one who was loyal to a fault. I mean, yeah, that. I know I heard a little bit of discussion about how she, I mean, she was loyal to Malcolm too far where it would have cost her the win had Malcolm made it to the end. But yeah, she's also like unique in that she went to every tribal council on her season, mm-hmm. which I think is very interesting for like anyone to do that and win. And then also to have it be sort of the archetype that she is. And I think in sort of the survivor culture right now, Denise is a very um, sort of like exciting person to be on this season. Cause like, yes. If anyone can do it, it feels like Denise can. I was scared Denise was going to get cut. Like, I really thought that was in the realm of possibility when I heard the, like that this was happening. Mm-hmm. I thought they might not even call her, and I was really worried about that. I'm really glad that they did, because I think you're right. I think there's legitimate arguments that Denise played one of the better winning games of all time, or at least showed some of the most game acumen of all winners. I think Yeah, just so much ability, because she literally got her tribe down to two, they split up. She was sent alone to a try that hadn't swapped or anything and managed to survive two tribal councils. Mm-hmm. Like insane. And then, I mean, she entered just <laughs> the merge unfavorably too, right? Like right. flips Lisa Welch. Like there's a lot of decision-making points that most winners don't have. Like, like Denise went to more tribes pre-merge than Michelle went to in the game. <laughs> uh. Right? Like stuff like that is pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope she does well. I also think she has like Sarah Lucina in Game Changers Upside, where my point with the she was loyal to a fault thing, so was Sarah, and she was able to really leverage that to be really dangerous. Yeah. Denise has that gear. 
she is a top tier winner candidate. I don't know if she has that gear. That's true. I think, and we'll talk about Sarah later and her uh, conundrum, but if you're in like stage one Sarah mode right now, like that is a really nice uh, point for you to be where you can transition mm-hmm. to stage two Sarah and then do what Sarah did. Um, yeah, Denise could do that. I do worry that, I mean, with any of these winners, there's a temptation to be like, what worked for me the first time is might work for me again. And so Denise could do that, but I wonder if her game isn't flashy enough and at the end she could be seen as a goat. Yeah. Even though she played a perfectly adequate game, which would be is top tier losing finalist, I feel like. Like Yeah. As sad as that is. She feels like a like a second to someone who's actually making all the moves. Yeah. And I mean yep. in an alternate universe, Malcolm's a little bit better at sticks. And that's what we get, right? Mm-hmm. Um I love her. I hope Oh yeah. I really hope she does well i can't imagine she leaves early like she looks shredded that was the thing i was like denise is is the oldest she's also like the smallest person out there i think Mm -hmm. so like i thought like weirdly enough is she like a challenge liability but then i saw her and i was like oh no like (laughs) she yeah she can hold her own and i mean she lost She's like lost the most challenges or had the least viewing least winning challenges for a winner but like it was never her own fault. <laughs> yeah. I mean there's probably an argument that she probably isn't uh, can't make the difference in a challenge. Like but she wasn't like the weakest link. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I wouldn't say she's a liability but she's also not like a challenge star necessarily. Right, right. But yeah, I don't know. I think she'll do okay. Um she's on a weird tribe for her cuz again like Again, it's I just can't imagine a world where like Ben, Natalie, Danny, Rob, Jeremy don't align. And that leaves like Denise kind of on the outs. But I also don't think they'll vote Denise out. I think Denise is like swing position. Yeah. like She does feel like she can connect with most anyone. She's super likable. Mm. She's super fun. And she's really not that much old. Like despite being I, she is the oldest on the cast, right? Yes. She's not that much older than them. No. Like they're all adult adults. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the difference between like 40 and 45 isn't diff- that much different to like a 38 year old right. as it is to like a 20 year old. Mm-hmm. So that's probably something in her favor. Um, and I don't think this like Adam and Michelle are young, but like otherwise this is a cast of older people, I think. So. Yeah. Or t- I-, I think Denise and Michelle would get along. Yeah. And like Denise and Adam. Yeah. Like, I'm sure if Adam is a super duper fan, he's a, like, Denise stan. Probably. Um, and yeah, I, I, granted, I'm, I do think there's a good chance Denise is, like, invisible. Yeah. That's very possible. The thing is, I feel like there's no way some of these characters don't just go invisible, and that's a tragedy. Like, obviously mm-hmm. it means they won't win, but we're being, like, robbed of, like, amazing characters. Who, like a Kelly Wigglesworth who have so much legacy but don't have anything to the like plot of the season they've come back on and thus they can't live up to that legacy so yep so yeah any other thoughts on denise no i see her as a like a supporting character if she is if she gets like a giant first episode maybe look at her as a winner um Hmm. i I feel like there's some characters like that like denise if she's the main character I think she's probably doing pretty well. Yeah, it's like thinking about how this tribe is going to sort of stratify into groups. I feel like her perspective, regardless of what happens, is going to be very well put. So I think if we get that perspective, it means good things for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. If she's invisible, it's what we're expecting. Cool. Let's move here to Ethan, who I tried to move on to earlier. <laughs> um, Ethan's really 
and it, I he's not someone I expected to be on here. No. I assume they'd honestly grab like Hatch instead of him as like the early representative. But I'm really yeah. glad it's him. Like I mean, yeah, considering the events of last season. Yeah. Kind of understand why he's not here, but then Ethan is such a like 180 turn on that, 180 turn. Like he's just sort of the beacon of positivity. Like mm. he was positive in his winning season. I think he was a pretty good character in All Stars. And then like just the journey he's been on since is sort of very interesting and I don't know, eye-opening. I'm very excited for Ethan. Yeah, I'm like so confused on how he's gonna be because like like I've heard him on podcasts recently and like he knows survivor pretty well like Mm -hmm. i don't know i think uh, a brief aside i think the idea that the games evolved past him is a common thing i think that's so stupid because survivor's not a complicated game in terms of just the mechanics and the same i think the same type of play wins modern survivor as it does old survivor Mm -hmm. with the exception of like the bends like but like uh tommy is not that different to ethan winning survivor um i just don't think it is i think people tend to forget how much strategy really was in the early games Mm -hmm. and especially in all-stars ethan shows himself to be pretty capable strategically in the like adding extra votes the actual mechanic like mechanics like idols and extra votes is like oh so someone gets to vote twice is not that complicated oh if you play this thing the votes on that person doesn't count is not that complicated like ethan can figure it out he also watches the show um he's not gonna be outpaced it's a ridiculous idea it's like being outpaced with a new player that's like a super fan like i just don't think that's at all a good argument yeah i think it's just how much you're still paying attention to the game and that's what makes an ethan different from a danny yeah it's like danny won more recently than ethan but i don't have any evidence that she's like sort of moved on to the new sort of idea of what survivor is as opposed to ethan who has watched it and like knows and gets it and then yeah he both his original seasons he was like playing a good strategy you know yeah i think people forget that like he like to the castaways they saw him as just like oh the nice guy but like he was thinking about the game like he wanted like he wanted to vote people out specifically because they were too likable um he he pulled off blindsides and stuff like Mm -hmm. he was an actual force in africa he was an actual force in uh all-stars and i think he he's gonna get afforded a lot of luxury by just being able to be like the like um just like the old man on the cast like he like bumbling (laughs) homer simpson style i think he's gonna get a lot of i think he has i think he's a good chunk of win equity because people just see him as like nice guy and i think he's more than that yeah i think for all the talk we've done about how this tribe is going to shake out alliance wise it's starting to feel very baron in that way where all these boys are grouping together and it's boys club and i mean that's good for ethan like mm-hmm. that's where he needs to be he almost wants it to be a pagong from there or he's the nice guy who i don't know just has seen it's a good force within that group. So yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited for what Ethan can bring. Mm. I do worry though that he is like the most susceptible to Kelly Wigglesworth syndrome, where yeah, if he's like under the radar, just forget about it, and like it's unfortunate. Yeah, I think he'll either like literally either be a main character or. Mm-hmm. and yeah i don't know i think he kind of has like a he kind of dictates the pace of this tribe i think because he could go hang out with his friend boston rob right like mm-hmm. or he could go with adam who have like a lot in common i don't know like they're both they both work for charities they both like have a lot of personal stuff in common and i feel like he actually dictates kind of where the tribe actually goes yeah i feel like ethan just has a lot of room to work with almost any of these people yeah like maybe his like worst like least likely connections are natalie and parvati but 
there is, yeah, I think. He's just, he just feels like he's in a good spot. Whether that means he's, like, inoffensive, like, seventh placer or actually getting to the end is a different thing. Yeah. Ethan, I would predict the least likely to go home really early on this tribe. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I just can't imagine they ever end up voting out Ethan first or second or third. Mm-hmm. I feel like he at least makes a swap. Like, almost no question. Yeah. Like, his worst, I think, is, like, James Lim from Ghost Island. Mm, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I, that's all. I say all I got on Ethan. I think he could win mm. again. It's predicated on like I think the specter of Cyril Lucina and Game Changers looms over a lot of these. Where Ethan also could easily do that and just be bloodthirsty if he like kicks it into that gear, mm. get grants him so much more win equity. It just yeah. I'm I don't know feeling, how ferocious he is. I don't know. I think that could also turn back on him because there's a lot of like positive tones that like would come to light in Ethan's story as I'm thinking about it. Like, True. oh, his like cancer and how he recovered from it and the amazing story that is. And like, I don't know how in depth they're going to get, but I mean, he was in a relationship with Jenna Maraska and right? all that too. So it's like, I think he was he robbed goes, of being on this cast. Well, <laughs> I know she, what has she, some, she has some issues, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think if he were to turn backstabby and negative, that could be presented in a bad light it's yeah like, i guess how, that's a good point how all original all-stars do we get here like how mm-hmm. how mad will people get ethan but yes very excited for him cool so let's move on to jeremy who okay uh, you have a hot take on jeremy that i, I want everyone to hear first because i <laughs> this is another one spoiler alert for this podcast me and joe have wildly different opinions on most of these people i think and jeremy might be the biggest i just I think he's so overrated. Like, I feel like everyone sort of doesn't see him as this big threat that he is. I think, like, people point the Sanders and the Robs and the Parvities of it. But, like, Jeremy also feels very big threat to me. And I think he has the sort of flexibility to be an early target in that same vein and get voted out. I don't know. I'm just not high on Jeremy. I feel like he doesn't click as someone who's going to do well in this season under these circumstances i'll have you all know earlier today uh joe referred to jeremy as shockingly boring oh <laughs> yeah i i never really got him on his seasons either like it's not not an exciting person to me i'm the opposite of jeremy i uh, on jeremy <laughs> i'm honestly the person that like watches jeremy highlight videos because i like him a lot um when he played san juan del sur he was like immediately my favorite he's like like hit tony then him completely rekindled my love of survivor and i was like if this guy ever comes back he's winning the game no questions that was always my hot take everywhere and then he came back and won i was like yeah my boy (laughs) i think he could go uh two for three here um but i also i also agree i think he's a weird spot here where i think people could see him as a a big scary threat and he's in a weird role where He's one of the only people who has like a defining gameplay strategy mm-hmm. that they all know. It's going to be, I feel like if I'm on a tribe with Jeremy and he's talking to me and being all friendly, I'm in the back of my head. I'm just picturing him making fun of me for being a meat shield and it makes me trust him less. Yeah. And that'll never go away. It's almost like he is like sort of Sarah Lucina light in that if you read between the lines, you can see why Jeremy being your best friend isn't the best thing. Mm-hmm. So It's really basic too. Like just defining Adam's uh, viewpoint on the game is kind of hard and confusing but jeremy's story was like yelled at you constantly mm-hmm. through cambodia right like it was just like he loves his family and you're stupid for being a meat shield big dumb yeah. guys um gameplay strategy is very very good for a cast with as many heavy hitters as this but it's also the fact that it's so clearly defined 
kind of loses you deception points. Mm-hmm. And it's also like, who are you picking? Who are your, like, everyone has some ability to be a meat shield here. Like, mm. who are you picking? And I don't know. I honestly think even if you watch Jeremy's uh, preseason materials, you could just see him like, s- like drooling over the idea of playing with Tony, like Tony and Boston Rob and Parvati and Sandra. That's where he's going. Like, he could not shut up about Tony in his preseason press. I bet he's so sad he's not on Tony's tribe because mm. he just wanted Tony to be his big dumb meat shield so badly. And I think it's because of that, it's very obvious he's going to be playing the exact same. I don't think he's making any modifications here. Yeah. And it feels like it's like sort of when you're playing like a video game, like competitively. And there's one strategy that sort of works if they don't know it's coming. Yeah. But like cheese. when you know it's coming, like, I don't know, there's like been basketball teams that play a certain way, but like once you know you're going to play them, you just watch tape and you're like, oh, this is how we com- combat that. And then it's a blowout because you know what you're expecting. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's what worries me about Jeremy is there's like no like modification, I feel. He's really tied up in targeting these big characters, but there's a chance the big characters come back together and go after him because they know what's coming. Or there's a chance everyone else sees him as the big character. He's just not in a good spot for me. And like, if you're Michelle and you're like, well, I'm nobody's meat shield. Do you want Jeremy in the game? Like, you know, singularly, this man is going to just try to align with the people who are like the cool kids, right? Like, and you're not a cool kid. Why would you like, if I'm Michelle... My, like, mission number one is kill Jeremy or weaken Jeremy as fast as possible. Why? Because he has no interest in working with me. He doesn't mm-hmm. want the, like, low-key girl. He wants Boston Rob. Like, that's who he's going to work with on this tribe. He's going right for Boston Rob and being like, be my best friend, bro. Right. I don't know. So it gives me pause, but I don't know. Him bou- bouncing on this tribe, like I said earlier is really good for him because there's just enough mm-hmm. bros that think they're top tier winners i think that he'll yeah. be fine it's almost nice that he doesn't have as many of his preferred meat shields here because he can't mm. get caught up in all of that and because i think he does have the tools to win like without this meat shield strategy like i think he has a good social game and he can win challenges it's just that i worry that if he gets tied up in that it's worse than better yeah, and in a weird way, like, he has the bit, like, Robin Parvati, I think, like, maybe Sandra, but Robin Parvati might be the two biggest names on this cast, right? Like, I, they're, like, two survivor icons. Mm-hmm. I definitely see him kind of just jumping with them, and, like, so it kind of prevents him from having to have too much, like, too many hands and too many cookie jars, where he just has, like, one really big cookie. I guess two really big cookies. <laughs> and so he can hide behind them but doesn't look like he's manipulating them as much because he doesn't have to give. He has Rob and Sandra and like Tyson and Tony all hiding behind them. And so obviously he's doing it. I think it raises his threat level. But if mm-hmm. it's just Rob, Rob is still more threatening than Jeremy hiding behind Rob. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I actually think Jeremy has a lot of win equity because I think he's really, really smart. I think he's shockingly intelligent about the game of Survivor and he's super likable. He's super charismatic. He along with like him and ben right now are my top two i think and Mm. it's just i can't imagine him get like i could the thing with jeremy is i could see him leaving pre-merge and just like people don't want to give him a chance but if they do i think he goes really deep yeah it's all about getting his hooks and and then going from there um i'm super excited for him to be back i think he's underrated funny like he's really really funny in his confessionals he's mean in his confessionals (laughs) <laughs> which i 
like quite a bit. But uh, anything else on Jeremy? I don't think so. We'll move here to Michelle, who's come up a lot. I think oh. Michelle is very interesting on this season. Of course. I think I said Ben was maybe less considered of a winner, deserving of the winner status than Michelle. But I think Michelle actually has the most to prove as a winner because her season can literally be considered like a fluke. Like if certain mm-hmm. people do not get medevaced or if she does not get swapped right, she is like out. And I feel like she has something to prove that she could actually do it here and win. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like she encapsulates the like prove yourself thing even more than Ben. Cause like, I don't know, Michelle is even in a weird one where she kind of is representative of the social game. You know what I mean? Like she has like a ph- philosophy stuck behind her of like mm-hmm. the social game beat Aubrey, the strategy game. Whereas Ben just like, like no one defends Ben. Like Ben has no defenders. <laughs> Like, yeah, there's no interest to talking about Ben. There's no people don't have debates about should Ben or Ryan should have won. Like, it just doesn't ha- like everyone's just like, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Ben should have won. Chrissy probably should have won. Whatever. Um, yeah. Or Devin or whatever. But Michelle, like, I'm sure right now two people are red faced right now on our our survivor uh, yelling at each other about whether Michelle or Aubrey should have won. <laughs> Um, and no one else is like that, but also I think overwhelmingly the casual audience sees her as a loser. Jeff Probst came out uh, a couple years back and said, the jury's never voted wrong except one time. (laughs) Go wrong. Um, and then to play a little bit of devil's advocate, like you said, there's legitimate arguments against her being a good winner. She probably gets voted out at the final five. If Joe Del Campo doesn't eat too much meat. Mm -hmm. Um, or does she win if she doesn't get a removed juror? Like, yeah, it's all these. <laughs> she only went to like three tribals and it's not like she's some comp legend. Um, She just was immune the entire pre-merge because she was on tribes with really athletic people that were really good at challenges. And like she gets voted out in a lot of those tribals mm-hmm. since learned. So she's a complicated case because she's good at some things and has shown in like lack complete lack of skill and other things. Well, I want to say if she's the banner holder for like the philosophy of the soul game like i don't even know if she's that strong and representative among this cast like oh no <laughs> like there's so many people here who played better like ethan's denise like so many people who just did better socially i would say danny did better socially. yeah that's the that's the other thing like that's like i actually think michelle should have beat aubrey but that probably comes from i don't think i think it's one of the worst final threes of all time and that's the case but that's my take that no one ever agrees with um we never saw michelle being that likable like i I don't know like i don't think she is the social queen that people think she is i think you're 100 right like you put ethan and michelle in a room i think people gravitate to ethan um Mm -hmm. or denise um denise is even even better (laughs) like i think there's a case that ben's a better representative of the social game um yeah it's just she really she has a lot to answer for i feel yeah and i and hope she comes out swinging because yes. you can see it in her eyes in this preseason she's like mm-hmm. knows she's never coming back you know what i mean like this is a fluke yeah. she's out there um <laughs> and she knows it and that's what makes it so exciting yeah because she could be like the main character i think that's 100 percent in the realm of possibility um very kelly wentworth like where mm-hmm. she's literally just throwing hail marys because she already won she knows she's probably not winning um and so what right she's just trying to make her legacy better Mm -hmm. yeah i'm just thinking about how michelle is on like twitter or like instagram how she's sort of very witty and like Mm -hmm. bold and And she is a big survivor fan like she knows a lot of these people Mm -hmm. she'll probably do pretty well 
I feel like she's going to be like seventh place. I do. I do see a weird potential for her to be the first boot amongst all this. That's possible. Like she has like Gonzalez energy almost. <laughs> like where she just doesn't get a good foothold and like weren't the rumors that like if beauty had gone to tribal she would have been the first one out yeah like i think it's well like corroborated at this point that yeah so i'm nervous but i also i do have high hopes for her and it would be amazing yeah, if also she a would. chance like what we've kind of been talking about where all the big threats are like well every season that returnees come back it's like the quiet nice girl that wins who's the obvious version of that michelle let's get her out mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> definitely in the realm of possibility because she sticks out like a sore thumb as that person. Like mm-hmm. she is the Amber Mariano of this cast. Right. Yeah. She feels <laughs> like the un- like if there's an undeserving person here, like it weirdly is Michelle. Like yeah. even though I'm saying Ben, like Michelle just why is she back? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's because Ben has that like you can understand how a guy like that ends up winning, even though he didn't like his win was bad, but not many people argue he's a bad player. Yeah. And so I think that's an interesting thing. Like Korong is this like very character driven season. And there are all these like um, sort of obstacles that make the strategy of it like forever with an asterisk. So yeah, it does make Michelle this very odd choice. Yeah. But good. Like it could be very captivating. Mm -hmm. Put hungry people in there. She's probably the hungriest here to prove something. Right. Um. Any other thoughts on Michelle? I don't think so. Yeah, I think I like she has a lot of variance. I think she more than likely does well, but mm. you're right with some early boot energy. Like, yeah, which I think I said for Stephanie Gonzalez. I was like, I think she could do really well, but I also see the potential, especially on the, like there is a lot of like athletic people, like jockey kind of people on this tribe. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, Michelle's like quirky. Like, yeah, yeah. Um. So let's move here to Natalie, who I'm super excited for. Mm-hmm. I love her. Hated her on the Amazing Race was so <laughs> mad when her and her sister got cast for Survivor. And then, like, what a star she was in San Juan Dulcer. Like, right. fantastic. I think she does pretty well. I, I just, To me, um, the best example I can think of is Desi from uh, Triple H, mm-hmm. where I think she probably just plays kind of well, is so obviously super athletic, and mm-hmm. gets voted out for it. Like, I feel like she's early merge. Hmm. Yeah, I do think it's interesting in that she is very obviously a really good player, but for some reason, San Juan del Sur didn't sort of promote that, like, very good player-esque-ness of her. So she has this, like, lower threat level, but I think it's someone to watch out for. Yeah, I mean, she only seemed like not a great player at the start right like once jeremy leaves she's presented as super good also why is she on a tribe with jeremy yeah that's very stupid i mean i guess you can split up like everyone right because like natalie doesn't have anyone on the other tribe that she needs to be away from or jeremy yeah (laughs) you couldn't trade sophie and natalie yeah or like trade one of sarah or tony obviously yeah yeah (laughs) like, why not Sarah? Because, like, like, you're gonna split up the husband and wife, like... And yeah, it's just... now you're in a spot where you have Sarah, Sandra, and Tony, who all played one season together on a tribe. Mm-hmm. Like, you move Sarah over, it fixes that problem completely. Yeah. I don't know what they were doing with these tribes, but... And, like, even Sarah for Natalie is, like, they're both athletic females. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even sway the challenges too much. But, yeah, I just... I don't see her winning. Eh, I think it's possible. I guess she doesn't win equity. Um, it's more of, like, a dream scenario than anything. But yeah, I just I to me, like in one. I was really unimpressed with her preseason stuff. I don't know, like she seemed kind of arrogant, mm-hmm. and like I know my girlfriend was really put off because she like said some like bad things about poverty. Um, yeah, that's what I heard, and she has like this 
like how Nadia had that very like boy girl energy at the beginning of San Juan del Sere. Her Natalie had that same sort of stuff where she's like, I'm going to be one of the boys. And yeah, yeah, it's like, and obviously all that stuff got kind of phased out of Natalie's winner edit, but mm-hmm. uh, I think she has some of those kind of uh, beliefs, which is unfortunate. But um, yeah, I, I think she does fine because like this is a good tribe for her. Mm-hmm. It is weird that she's again also with Jeremy and also Parvati, who she was kind of digging into in the preseason. But I can't yeah. imagine she goes early. She's in such good shape. She's a CrossFit trainer. That's her job. She's super smart. I think she she went to like med school or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think she's gonna do well. Um, if that obvious pair of Jeremy and Natalie gets targeted, who do you think is the target there? Probably Natalie. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, it's more Natalie. Because I think people, for some reason, will be like, we can <laughs> bring Jeremy in. Yeah. Uh, well, Natalie's kind of abrasive. Like, the yeah. like if nothing else, her story of San Juan del Sur, like, her winner story is of revenge. Right. Right? It's revenge against John Rocker. Um, It's revenge against everybody who killed Jeremy. Like, literally, it goes from, like, revenge for Nadia to revenge for killing Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Fuels her to the end of the game. Just pure rage, anger. Like, that's what it, her story is. I don't know if these people are going to want to make her mad. I just, I can't, like, to me, I feel like we're doomed to have the reverse of San Juan del Sur. Like, Where she's the Nadia? No, no, no. I mean, like, oh. she's the Jeremy. And oh, Jeremy's the okay. Natalie. Okay. I think, like, honestly, I think Jeremy hides behind Natalie. And they, like, go probably merge. And, like... I don't know. I, that's how I see it going. Is I just I see Natalie going before Jeremy. So now I'm feeling like Natalie could go first. Like you have this group of ten, they sort of realize they have this like Jeremy Natalie bond. It's like oh, that's an easy thing to deal with. And then do people remember that about Jeremy though? Like I guess who would on this? Adam Michelle, maybe Adam. Adam uh, would, but I feel like Adam's getting no traction. Like I don't know. Like I feel like Cambodia is so much more. Like I feel like San Juan del Sur is like the forgotten season. Right. Like no one ever talks about it. I think it's really good, but I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Um, I just don't think people are going to remember the Jeremy Natalie thing too much. Mm-hmm. I could even see them downplaying it. And also, I just think they're both going to be in a good spot. They're both super athletic. Um, Like, honestly, especially Natalie. I can't see her going like I could see her leaving at the swap because she's abrasive. Like, that's to me where I see her getting in trouble is swapping away from the people she's with because if I remember correctly, we didn't see that in San Juan del Sur, right? Like, hmm. um, I'm trying to think. I, <laughs> I can't remember. Mm, I actually can't remember. Uh, but yeah, no, like, I don't know. I'm, I think she'll do like, I don't know. I think she'll do well. She's one of the ones that is a giant question mark to me. I just don't think she's going to win. Um, I just I think- don't think they're like, I think she's too abrasive. Mm-hmm. I think that the Jeremy and Ali bond is maybe a good first tribal council like narrative. I just don't know if it's like Adam and maybe Michelle bring this up and then the power group is like, no, we want to stick with those two and they vote on Adam or if they actually work to split that up. So yeah, I don't know. I have nothing else to say. No, but I'm excited. Here. Yeah, I'm excited to see her. I think she'll be fun. Um, yeah, and she'll get content. I think she's a good mm-hmm. professional. She's like a crazy person in a good way. Right. Cool. Let's move here to... Parvati, I'm so excited for Parvati. What a like weirdo on this tribe, though. Yeah, like she just doesn't fit in anywhere. Weirdly, I keep forgetting she's on this tribe. Like her like legend status is so much that like it's hard to like think about who who works with Parvati. Like not like to say oh she's such a threat, but like what is her like type of person to work with? Yeah, especially <laughs> like mom Parvati, right? Like yeah, um, like, 
I don't know. Like she did seem the exact same though. Like in her preseason, yeah. like I, she her her video was the very first, and I was like a little low on the season, and then I watched it, and I think I messaged you. I'm just like, never mind. I'm so excited. Like just <laughs> seeing Parvi talk about Survivor and like laughing. Like you just see the interviewer fall in love with her, and you're like, oh right. The whole thing about Parvati being a flirt was bullcrap. That's not why she won. That's not why she played well in both her seasons. She's just really charming, super charismatic, super likable. Mm-hmm. That's what pe- that's what draws people in. Like it, she flirted with what James once. Like that didn't make her win a game. Um, <laughs> she's so good. She might be my favorite survivor of all time. Huh. And I'm just so excited to see her play. And you know what? She's been screwed over at the start of every game she's played. Um, people have just not wanted to work with her. And, like, she's never not made the final five, right? Um, yeah. I think she's going to do just fine. Yeah, I think... Oh, I totally lost my train of thought. But, I know, I'm excited to see Parvati because I'm so far removed from her. Like, it's been funny since Parvati played, which is insane. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm excited to see. Because it almost feels like with those 20 seasons, there is some sort of diminishing. Like, I was going to come here and make the joke that, like, is Parvati going to be Parvati 36.0? <laughs> uh, but... Like, I don't know. I feel she has this legend status. And if people are just like, Parvati is a threat and stop there, she's in trouble. But if people sort of are thinking more critically about it or more recently, it might work better for her because they might not be able to sort of expand upon why she is those things or why yeah. not. And then, yeah, I think weirdly, she just needs to sort of like find the majority here and get in it and stay and <laughs> yeah. be, be chill for a few rounds and then go from yeah, there. Like- the b- most bizarre thing about Parvati's legacy is, like, as iconic as she is, as, like, scary as even her shadow is, like, the Libbies and all these people that can vote out for people mm-hmm. like her. Yeah. It's still for, like, being, again, like, a flirt. Now she's married. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like that is a deflection. Like, she can easily just point, like, oh, that's the old me. Haha, <laughs> yeah, I was crazy then, huh? Um, mm-hmm. And then completely get right back under your skin. Like, that's a magical like a magic trick that i never even thought of before i saw her where yeah like that's one thing about her but additionally i think people forget how much of a hard gamer she is right like the two idols at tribal like Mm -hmm. the insulting jt with the note like she goes hard she plays really 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 hard um Mm -hmm. and i just don't think like that part of her legacy has hit as hard as the other parts right and i I could see people kind of forgetting like being scared of her but for the wrong reason yeah yeah, for sure. It really, on this tribe, it really is a they sort of buy into the Parvati as a threat, let's get her out line, and if she can recover from there. Yeah. Because, like we said, we haven't really talked about her when we're talking about their people. Like, we talk about this, like, boys group that's going to form. We talk about, like, how the girls are going to. But, like, where does Parvati fit in? And yeah. It's very exciting to think about, and I just don't know, and... Yeah, I hope she manages to do as she's done in the, her other seasons and outlive her threat. I want Parvati, like, this is my bias. I want Parvati to win more than anything. I am a Parvati should have won uh, Here's Where Spillings person, uh, unabashedly. Again, she's literally my favorite of all time. I'm not a new fan Sandra. You'll hear about it later. Um, <laughs> like, if Parvati can be the other two-time winner, like, oh, that would make me win so many uh, post-hummus uh internet arguments it's not even funny uh <laughs> it's a joke obviously um i don't know i just i love her so much i actually think she's well positioned here where she's a big threat but i think there's actually benefit to being the one of the biggest threats i think being like a middle threat's bad but being like an icon like i said like adam's just gonna like melt when he talks mm-hmm. about already like like it's gonna be like like <laughs> that's that's what's gonna happen 
maybe he then uses that to target her but he's still gonna have a moment of weakness that she can capitalize and grab him forever right um and i think she's a capable player i think she knows that i think she knows she has some weaknesses but those weaknesses give her power um i think i'm i think she makes the merge Mm, i mean depends on where she like we'll know like night one yeah what her like longevity is like whether that is she's first boot whether that's she's on the bottom and it doesn't look like she has much power to scramble out of it or if she gets herself entrenched in something and is set up yeah i do think i think she winning would be like yes amazing like i'm a sandra truther but her like winning not even winning making it to the finals of the season like definitely like the greatest of all oh time. yeah like to do that in heroes versus villains and then in an all winner season like I guess there's arguments to say, well, you didn't win either time, but like just doing that shows you have some sort of magical game acumen that yeah, few of us can recreate. I think I would also already argue she might be the best of all time. Um, I need to revisit her. I should have looked up some like clips and stuff because I feel like I have a yeah. very nebulous. I am very sucked into that part of it. He's a flirt, but like I don't know. Some part of me knows that's like not all a character is like the yeah. And, like, there is an argument that, like, in Micronesia, Sari carried her, and villains, Russell carried her. There is some degree of truth to that, I guess. I think it just discounts how much she's doing there. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, I actually think she'll be fine on this tribe. I think maybe there's first boot energy, but honestly, I just don't think they're, none of these people are going to want to take out poverty first. Like, I think it's a bad, um, it's bad juju. Like, I think part of it, they, they, like, unlike All-Stars, I don't think these people are going to be as self-conscious about their win. If anything, they don't, they won't want to look like cowards, I think. Like, Michelle voting up Parvati first does nothing to make Michelle look better. It makes her look like Jenna Lewis. Mm. Jenna Lewis doesn't come out of All-Stars looking like a mega great survivor player comes out looking like a, someone who's scared of the winners mm-hmm. i just don't think i don't think these people are going to want to straight like but i don't think boston rob or poverty or sandra are in first boot territory because no one wants to look like the coward who play with them hmm. i don't know because like people know. wanted to get out tony like right away he wasn't the first boot not the first boot but pretty darn soon but i i would honestly say like was it because they didn't want to play with Tony, or was it because Tony played real bad? Yeah, that's debatable. But I will say their actual first boot was Sierra, who I feel like could have a Parvati could have a similar energy to her. No, don't you dare. Boot. Well, I'm thinking like Sierra was like just did like a sneaky thing, and then in that tribe of the play before they were like Sierra did the sneaky thing, got a glom onto her. So it's like very much a like who is out of line, we'll go for them first. Yeah, and I Parvati just has this like. I don't know where to place her in this tribe. She has this semi-threat level. Like Joe, don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> Perfect in the final five. Okay. Gosh, please. <laughs> She's done it before. She'll do it again. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I guess what's the bar for Parvati still being an impressive performance, do you think? Like the lowest bar she has to clear to still be like like played impressively some like sandra makes them swap in game changers that's well i think that's tricky right because like if party goes first it's because she was seen as a threat and like yeah worth getting out i think probably the worst thing is like late pre-merge like because then it's like just a afterthought like true I don't know. True, true, true. I think Parvati will get a lot of confessionals. I think she'll be a main character. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll be fun. Yeah. Either way, probably. So let's move here to perhaps the biggest name on this cast. What many uh, casual fans of Survivor believe to be the greatest Survivor player of all time. Boston Rob Mariano. First five-time player. First six-time, arguably. Well, they didn't break Sixth the time oath. time on the island. They didn't break the oath like we thought they should have. 
should have. Yeah. Did you see the end of that season? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, huh. You know, <laughs> Rob is he's played so many times and like been in so many lights it's hard to say what he's doing here i feel yeah <laughs> like he's a total enigma to me i don't think he'll be first you know weirdly i don't think he has that same parvity energy he fits in on this tribe like i don't know to me the reason that i think like to put on my tinfoil hat we were kind of speculating like why is natalie on this tribe instead of sarah i think natalie's on this tribe because they know that her and rob are good friends um hmm. this is a tribe full of people that we know like boston rob um and i think that's something to note i don't think he's in any danger here at all him and jeremy are gonna be two peas in a pod um like maybe not party like not great but like we know he's met michelle um him and if him and jeremy are close and theoretically he gets natalie too uh they also i know they play poker together um, of if Danny knows anybody on this cast, it's Boston Rob. Um, mm-hmm. Ben and Boston Rob get along. They play poker together. This is a tribe, I think, where Boston Rob is going to have a lot of control. I think Ethan is a weird... They played together. Yeah, but like you said, Parvati and Rob are on the same tribe, Bert. True. And then Parvati voted him out, so... Uh... He did in his preseason say he wants to work with her, though. Okay. Uh, I just don't... It feels like he's not in any immediate danger, but also, like be it like wishful thinking or something. I don't want to see him win this season. I don't feel like it's happening. It doesn't feel like Rob. It does like he just feels kind of plain. (laughs) I feel like Rob is going to be the Sandra of game changers. Like I think he's going to do better than anyone. Because I think conventional wisdom right now is he's out like within the first two. Like Hmm. all the podcasts I've listened to pretty much have pegged Rob as going really early merge or pre-merge. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think that Rob is almost on a tier of his own just in terms of even the, even the people who don't really care about Survivor see him as like, like people in my real life that like they've seen maybe one episode of Survivor know who Boss Rob is. Mm -hmm. He's like transcends Survivor uh, in terms of fame. I just don't think one, I think people are going to be starstruck. I think people are going to want to work with him think strategically there's a lot of benefit to keeping someone like that around and i think boston rob is a really underrated player of the game of survivor he's really really good at this game sure he's come pre-merged twice but both those times it was a strong pre-merge showing it wasn't like a total joke well pre-jury right oh yeah pre- yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah true 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 pre-jury pre-jury i use those interchangeably i guess i shouldn't um but yeah like both of those were strong showings where you could imagine an alternate universe where he won like Sandra's final tribal council speech was giving credit to Boston Rob, who wasn't in the merge. <laughs> I don't know. I think he does play strong games, but there are those times where he did go pre-merge. And so it's like, there's this weird, like you can find the Achilles heel and like get it. And I think this feels like a cast that can do it. But then again, all stars couldn't. So but yeah. I, uh, he's such a hard one to place. So I, I think you're right. I don't think he's going first or second second or like he feels very middling somewhere in the middle yeah rob is going to go i think he makes the merge and i think then that's an impressive showing and then they take him out kind of thing almost Mm -hmm. three in game changers something like that like that could make a lot of sense to me um because i think honestly boston rob might be the most overrated and the most underrated survivor survivor of all time simultaneously i think like (laughs) reddit thinks he's terrible at the game for some reason and then like casual fans see him as a like build a statue of him god mm-hmm. right like and I, I honestly think the answer is he's actually maybe not the best but it's complicated like he um, has the ability 
to win. It's just like, is that more the cast he was with and how it all occurred? Or is there like actual abilities there that just don't articulate in the other season? Yeah. And I mean, like All Stars, it's real dang close to winning, right? Like it's it's pretty much like I haven't seen All Stars in forever, but I even think like Rob probably should have won that. Yeah. Just a little bit of bitterness. Exactly. And that's the kind of one, like, like there's been quote unquote bitter juries before that people debate and all that. But like, like Rob versus Amber, I feel like no one really does because at the end of the day, the oh, well. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of self-defeating. Uh, but I don't think there's ever actually been a jury that like actually bitter before or since. Like, um, I don't think even like a modern day bitter jury reacts to the events the same way that they did then. Mm-hmm. like it was the like no one had ever known people going into a game before yeah so they didn't know what to expect they got really hurt um but i think he's really really good i also think this tribe set up so well for him i think he easily makes it out of this tribe <laughs> he could easily be like a delicious swap boot if he swaps well he'll be fine but mm-hmm. i mean there's the other idea, oh go the idea that amber is on the other tribe his literal wife someone he's carried on his back before right um and it's that weird like trade-off of like yeah that's an obvious pairing but also free ally it's another ally that you know you'll have and like maybe like the way i think about it is like it's nice to have around as an ally and maybe it'll just deal with itself somewhere in the game and i won't have yeah. to deal with it and no, then if... that's like the that's the benefit to keeping big people like that around is like you can probably get them voted out without doing anything. Right. And it's almost like, it's not just Rob that is the Surrey. It's like Rob is Surrey. Yeah. Because like, if they both make it to merge, like they're an obvious pair and they both can't win. So you can probably get Rob out at some point and then Amber's probably eh, not winning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like the other like elephant in the room here is Edge of Rob is a... <laughs> I'm sorry. Rob is transparently Jeff's favorite on this cast. Like right. there's no... Like, we just watched Island of the Idols that was supposed to be about Rob and Sandra teaching people. And Sandra got, like, three confessionals, and Rob dominated the season and was shown right. Yeah, it's almost like Rob and Sandra trained for Edge of Extinction. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I just, I don't know. Like, and Rob got so many confessionals in Edge of Extinction that were, like, like especially in that finale. Or that one right before the finale where he just got, like, we made the joke, like, is Boston Rob getting the winners at it? <laughs> that honestly i don't know how much to factor in the previous season but he looked real good and sandra looked real bad and i think that's something to at least have in the back of your mind mm-hmm. um i think he's gonna do like i said i think he's gonna be the one that wow he did really well for being boston rob don't think he's gonna win but mm-hmm. he could yep. always come back at edge of extinction so mm-hmm. that's probably the way this season gets like canceled right like twitter canceled is Boston Rob's an early boot and then wins by Edge of Extinction? Oh, no. <laughs> I guess we can each speak one evil into the world. Mine was it's a Parvati non-zero. And Go, hey, sh- Rob winning. Parvati I is mean, not. They are not mutually exclusive either. So both can happen. And what a world. <laughs> yeah. So that's the Blue Tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings us to overall. I mean, I think it's a tribe of like macho people, right? Like it's. Yeah, it has very like m- masculine energy. Yes, like like Parvati is like the most feminine woman. That's like I don't know. She's not even really like that feminine. I feel. Yeah, it depends on like what definition you use. Like like she's an aggressive, hard player. Like she doesn't yeah. fit the mold of a lot of the other. Mm-hmm. 
But I would say the red tribe is not necessarily feminine, but it's like just it's a weird off tribe. the walls. Like yeah. these are this the, is the like, fun characters. Tribe. And what a character to start with. Uh then Amber uh Burkich Mariano. <sighs> My thoughts on Amber are I <laughs> I don't even know. I think Amber is going to leave before Boston Rob. It's just, it's interesting to think about. Because, like, when I was bringing together all the um, non-winner edits of these winners, like, I got Amber's first, and it's this incredible, like, she's the original, like, Purple Kelly, if there ever was one. Like, her Australia edit is insane. And then she was brought back in one. And, yeah, it's it's bizarre to think of Amber. It fe- Like I said, it feels like Rob one all-stars not amber mm-hmm. and like <laughs> yeah i mean we were saying that ben and michelle might be the least respected I, it might actually be amber like yeah. when you really think about it like i don't think i've ever heard anyone say anything positive mm-hmm. i would say amber doesn't feel like the all-stars winner amber feels like rob's wife in this season yes even the promotional packages right it's like oh, i might have to vote out amber <laughs> like <laughs> Huh. it's yeah you're right she's she's boston rob's wife in this and i i don't mean that to discount her but that's the like i don't know like it's that's how she's remembered mm-hmm. it's her reputation going in unfortunately right and i think she's almost coming full circle and she'll probably have like an australia at almost where yeah she'll she's probably second fiddle to rob even if she makes it longer somehow like yeah to me i expect them like this red tribe to actually just look at amber and be like eh, we're not letting you play with your husband sorry she yeah i mean this is the tribe where the question of do the threats come together is in play um but even still i think amber is sort of an outlier yeah and maybe we'll find we'll find more threads in for her as we talk about the rest but she feels like the parvati she doesn't really fit in um who is like yule is the next winner after her and like Yule yeah. feels like the beginning of like strategic survivor if yep. you will like so yeah i think she's either a number or like first boot or like just not not in a good place yeah amber first boot seems viable to me mm-hmm. um i just i i honestly don't think she's a like i don't think she's a very good player to be honest like mm-hmm. In Australia, she was nice. Like, um, <laughs> she really stands out as like she. Sh- I was shocked she was on the cast. Yeah, I I'm mean, sure a... Boston Rob would only come on if she was or something. Like that. And it does make for an interesting dynamic. Like, mm-hmm. this is the first time there's been relatives without it being explicitly blood versus water. Yeah, and it's it, just yeah, there just happen to be two winners. It almost feels like Amber herself knows like she's not like that great. Like, this feels so mean towards Amber. I think I will like her. Like, she has UTR, like, fun. Yeah, she's going to be your favorite. But, like, she just feels like she is doing this because, and not because she wants to win. Like, yeah. But the other thing, like, I guess the, like, elephant in the room is, like, for all what we're saying, this is all what we know. Like, Amber's never, from what I can tell, been on, like, a podcast. She's never been, like, like, she she feels detached from the Survivor community. Mm -hmm. But she's married to Boston Rob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whose life is survivor like and she was fun on the amazing race i thought she was a good time i thought she was like charming and fun on the amazing race um mm-hmm. she might know a lot more about survivor than anyone even considers right like just think of it like y- like i don't know like i talk to my girlfriend all the time about just like random survivor ideas she doesn't have a survivor podcast she doesn't love it enough to talk about survivor all day but like being secondhand to that you still know and breathe and think about survivor a lot mm-hmm 
she could really surprise us. And I think I don't want to mm-hmm. like sell her short just right. on an all-star. She wasn't a great player. Like, you, you know, who's read the Boston Rob rule book on survivor more than anybody. <laughs> right. Like yeah, probably to each of the kids at bedtime. Yeah. Chapter at night. Um, I think, yeah, it's one thing to know the knowledge of it, but you could use. And I think that's where, that's where I'm curious about Amber is if she can take what she knows and actually use it. Yeah. She just doesn't seem like a very active player. And I think I, I agree. anyone who is not an active player is going to have a very hard time. Here. Yeah, because I think just being likable isn't going to do enough in this right. season. Because Unless anyway, you're getting dragged. Yeah, any way you slice it, you have three winners at that final tribal. Yep. So I know we said reputation wasn't big, but there is that. Like, we know these people will have done something. And that yeah. something will... They're, some... all, they're all at least likable enough to get people to give them a million dollars. Right. That's something, right? Um... So yeah, just raw likability won't be good enough. Even like if you're a follower, I feel like you actually have to put work into that. You mm-hmm. actually have to play and like pump people's egos and stuff to be a follower because like I don't know. I, f- I just feel like everything's actually gonna be a lot harder than it seems. Um, I kind of wish we got Amber returning without Rob. I think that would have been be- like more like fun to see how she interacts. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad for the novelty, but like kind of wish she played somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, anything else on Amber? I don't think so. I don't think she can win, um, especially like maybe with like the one scenario is like I'm higher on Rob lasting. If Rob leaves earlier, she her win equity goes way up. Yeah, it feels like a um, Natalie Nadia or like yeah. a Rachel Tyson. Yep. Yep. I get that. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially like Tyson in uh, Love vs. Water, like wanted to take out the bears. Yeah, he's on her tribe. Hmm. <laughs> Like that's that's not good. Um. So yeah, let's move here to Kim, often considered maybe the greatest Survivor winner of all time. In a weird way, has a lot to prove. Like, yeah, is she actually that good? Mm-hmm. Because on the Rob as a podcast preview, they were just being openly uh flagrant about the one world casting clowns. Yeah, and I will continue to stay on one world. I think it was a better season than people give it credit for. I mean, the cast is pretty uh dolty at times. Hmm. But I don't know. I think, yeah, Kim does have to prove herself, but I totally think she can do it. I think she can, too. I think she's really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting that, I don't know, like, the thing like I noticed in her interview with, like, AT Canada especially, her th- whole thing in One World about being just a little bit boring. Like, you get that. Like, when she's talking, you're like, wow, she, like, I noticed in the AT Canada interview, everybody, go back and watch it. She says nothing. The interviewer just talks the whole time. Because Kim responds in a way that basically just repeats what the interviewer says and then, like, asks it back as a question. Hmm. And the interviewer is, like, clearly so invested in the conversation because they're just talking. And Kim's giving her nothing. I think that's kind of her superpower. Um, She's just really good at, like, active listening and, like, acknowledging what you say, taking it in and still making it feel like you're having a conversation, Mm -hmm. saying much. It's a good survivor strategy. In addition to that, she's, like, super smart um if i was kim i'm not coming back <laughs> yeah it's like i'm refusing my invite <laughs> i guess yeah, it's I worth it for the money but like kim at this current point most survivor nerds have her as like the best winner of all time mm-hmm. i think she can only go down i don't think kim's winning well, really i mean i think when kim goes it will be because she's a threat not because she made like a stupid move and like <laughs> what if it is i mean yeah then she goes down but i don't think that happens. i think kim is extremely competent like i agree with what you said about 
how she plays she is this sort of great when you're talking to kim she like seems so invested in what you're saying and like reacts to it naturally and you believe in her and i think she also does that without seeming duplicitous when you look back on the season like Mm -hmm. it feels like she was sort of taking everyone's ideas and then choosing what was best for her it wasn't that she was hurting other people she was doing what she needed to do she likes her options as she said all the time yes um Um, yeah i i mean i think if i were kim i wouldn't have came back but i i feel good about her chances i respect her a ton for coming back because it's like if she just stayed home regardless who come back comes back it's still like is Sandra whoever wins this or Kim the best winner of all time? And that's the debate, right? Like <laughs> that's what's going to happen if she stays home. Like that's why Cochran stayed home. I'm pretty sure. Like he's like, Oh, I'm actually not that, not as good as I got the, in my edit. So uh, yeah. later nerds, but yeah, no, like the other interesting wrinkle to me with Kim is in one world. She was the, her reputation is she works with women and she's like a Boston Rob type where she's like a Pagani leader person right Mm -hmm. i think that's not actually how she would naturally play i think she was kind of like uh as shakespeare would say was like kind of thrust into that position um where she was on a guy versus girl season and the cast was bad like it was full of dummies Mm -hmm. so she was kind of forced to take the leadership role i don't think she's a natural leader like i don't think that's how she wanted to play the game and so i think we could see a way more fluid and fun kim gameplay wise actually Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, that's maybe where you really see the weakness of the One World cast is that in her interactions with the cast, Kim looks like the leader. I think in this cast, there's little chance that she's the leader, but I think she's having the same interactions. It's very, like, cordial with one another, and, like, she's going to be working with people. It's just not, she's not the, like, dictator leader of this group. She's just a part of it. And I think... Yeah, because that's, like, the weird thing of One World is she's, like, a quiet kind of timid person who's just like really smart Mm -hmm. um she she's a strange leader like i think that's what kind of makes the season so weird is she isn't boston rob like she's not she's not forcing a buddy system she's they just all like her a lot and so they just listen to her and she doesn't really boss them around she just yeah listens to them and then they do what she wants yeah i think we're what world falls for some people is that it is theoretically this very like interesting like Kim is always sitting at the top and always has the power, except Kim is very, like, I think, humble and, like, just human and sort of plain. And she's just like, oh, these are my options. And and she always picks the best one. And it's (laughs) it would be exciting, but, like, it's Kim. So um, just a little boring. Yeah. Like, what should be exciting is both her gameplay strategy and also her, like, persona. Um, I really like her, though. Like, I'm a sucker for a good game player. And I think one thing that, like, I feel like I've been a little too negative on Kim her decision-making was flawless. Like, mm-hmm. she probably got more decision-making points than anybody else that's ever won the game, where, like, she basically got to pick everything. Yeah. But overall, her decision-making was always very good. Right. In the underrated part, I think, of her game is the moments, like, when Troy Zane was going to idle her out of the game. Like, she was pinned, and she actually got herself out of a really dangerous spot by getting all the votes to flip around, and um, I think it, was, it flipped onto, like, Jonas, right? Mm, right? I, I don't remember. Something like that. It's, like, Troy Zane was going to idle her out. Basically, she made Troy Zane look like a dummy. He, like, it doesn't end up working. Mm-hmm. Like, she faced adversity. Like, I feel like there's this weird myth that, like, she just kind of waltzed all over the game and there's never any dangerous points. There was. She just did a really good job mitigating them. Um, But like you said, she's not going to be a leader on this tribe. Like, like Tony, Tyson, Yule, um, Sandra, Sarah, Sophie, I think are all, even Nick, 
are probably all bigger personalities. Right. I'm very excited to see her back. I it might be my favorite. Yeah, you love Kim. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if people know, but One World is your favorite. Not my favorite, but I definitely have a higher appreciation for One World. And I mean, part of that is I like a lot of the characters that are there. But I yeah. think Kim is a, like a very interesting winner in that she's so like almost boring that like seeing her trajectory is like what interests me. It's like F-A-U-T-R fun girl one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was also just really good. And yeah, I was like I, considered the best winner. Like how funny would it be if Kim just like it's it's just like one world. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> imagine it's just all these people look super stupid and just like why are they all just listening to her? <laughs> that would be like under the radar fantastic. Mm-hmm. Kim was just that good. And then actually yeah. the one world cast was actually also good. Fantastic. We just didn't know. I think Troy Zane coming back and flopping killed that uh like maybe they actually were good. She just made them look bad. I mean, excuse you, Troyzan did make uh, the final travel council. So <laughs> make final travel. Um, I, but yeah, I do think her being her actual self and not like weirdly thrust into a leadership position is the thing I'm most interested with her. And I actually like. I don't think she leaves early. No, I mean, there's a the thing about Kim is that she has not been pegged as like half the threat she should be. I think. <sighs> Like, some people know she's a good player, but they're also not, like, top priority. She sort of has Suri energy and that, I think, opportunities to get her out. Yes. Yeah, like, there's, like, she's the internet best player, right? Like, mm-hmm. but most of these people don't browse Survivor Reddit all day. Like, right. granted, I do think they'll probably Google best winner. And then they'll see Robin Parvati and be like, well. True, 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 true. <laughs> I don't know. Watching her interview, the one thing that made me a little, she, that's what she was saying is, like, you know, I'll hide behind, like, you know, I'm a big threat, but, like, I'm just, like, a medium big threat. Like, Rob and Parvati and uh, Tony, they're bigger threats than me. But a lot of people actually mentioned being nervous about her. Hmm. So I think there's a chance she doesn't realize how much of a threat she is. Granted, I assume she'll figure that out pretty quickly. I wonder if, like, the nervousness is, like, yeah, she's a threat, but maybe she'll want to work with me. And maybe I'll get to mm-hmm. work with her. And they're, like, kind of excited about that, but they're also scared that she could. But I think they're more leaning on the side that... I hope Kim is my ally. But like the secret of Kim is that like she makes everything. Everyone think she's yeah. their ally. And then then you're in trouble. So And like the other thing with Kim is she didn't really backstab. So she yeah. has that calling card, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she did at the end, but it was like, well, I can't have six. Like there's only three spots in the end. <laughs> Sorry, I had to pick some people like. And she was like, Alicia made those decisions, right? So, yeah. 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 It, like, she's a good, like, delegator and stuff. Like, she's she's mm-hmm. really, really smart. Um, Especially playing, like, uncharacteristic of herself in one world, I think. Yep. So that's probably good for Kim. Mm-hmm. Which brings us here to Nick, the most recent winner here on the cast. And it's really interesting because Nick is somebody who kind of won on a, a gimmicky play, right? Where he's doing, he's Kentucky Nick Wilson and uses a southern accent people don't really see him coming and now obviously everyone knows like he lied about his dub he was really sneaky he did a lot more than the players on the cast thought and i feel like that's a trick you can only do once that said nick is a super fan like nick's probably rivals adam maybe even more so than adam of a super fan Mm -hmm. guy knows lives breathe survivor did some really innovative gameplays blitz and stuff and so i think he comes in in a weird spot he also doesn't know anybody he's somebody i'm really excited to watch i didn't even like him that much in david versus goliath but i think he's going to be a really interesting unique element in this season Mm -hmm. i sort of when i think about nick i think about david versus goliath and how it's almost like nick was one of a handful of people who felt worthy of winning that season like 
there's so many different characters from there that could fill this spot. So it's like, in a way, he feels lower than some of these people. He doesn't have that threat level, I feel, even with um, his sneakiness. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how someone so new and one of the younger people too, how they adapt to this season. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like Nick is the most primed to do really some really cool stuff with like the fire tokens. I can't wait to see him play with those because Nick playing with the vote steal and that kind of stuff was actually genuinely fascinating mm-hmm. he's a really strong creative game player and i think that's something that honestly this cast is kind of lacking in there's not a huge amount of them it's like nick parvati tyson tony you mm-hmm. are like the creative players um i think i'm excited to see what nick can do with this stuff um he's one of the reasons i'm less harsh on the fire tokens the other thing is yeah you're right like he was a supporting character in his season. Like, but you still leave feeling he like he deserved to win, but like you prefer Christian or Gabby, definitely Gabby, um, or <laughs> Davey or whatever to win, or Mike White. Angelina. Like, Angelina, where he kind of but it's almost a self that's almost a self-defeating argument because Kim gets criticized for beating like jobbers, like total losers that don't understand the game. Well, Nick beat maybe the best cast ever. Like Mm-hmm. a bunch of people who were really well-versed in survivor that were great players were playing unique creative games and nick was the winner that says something nick was able to play against a really high caliber of player and do right. really really well i think there's almost a strength to him getting all of his lies out of the way because when we covered david versus david versus goliath we talked about how um he could have been that first boot on the david tribe if that hadn't been evacuated mm-hmm. because of his shadiness so like i think even though he did that at one point it feels played out and like i think his play later on in the season wasn't so like visibly sneaky that yeah. it's going to hurt his game he legitimately learned his lesson and i think mm-hmm. that's something that is really really t- telling to being a good survivor player like apparently it's a little dubious whether he actually would have been voted out seems like high chance yes medium chance no um but either way he took it as he was getting voted out and then he went to more tribals there and he was fine right like yeah. he was actually able to be like oh i need to adjust i've come in too strong and he actually tangibly slowed down and played really really well i think that's really good for him the other thing so he's able to learn, which I think is a big thing. Additionally, a lot of people think, and I mean, this is another one of those uh, like Danny Boatwright mysteries that Mike White probably wins the game if he is a little bit more willing to accept the money kind of thing at the end of David vs. Goliath. I think a lot of these mm-hmm. people know that. I think that's a well-known thing like that Mike White had literally said. I have a hard time campaigning against, like, I'm a millionaire. This is hard for me. I want to win, but it's complicated. And I do think Nick gets some, like, discrediting of his win just out of Mike White, quote unquote, should have won um, to a lot of people. It's at least debate. It's not as fierce as Michelle and Aubrey, but it's like people don't see Nick as the godfather of that season. Yeah. Hmm. And he can even point to, like, like, the accent doesn't work, but I was almost the first boot is, like something mm-hmm. and it's a memorable something yeah yeah i mean i think he's still um more charming than you might think mm-hmm. like i think that accent still does stuff and those wilson blue eyes can't forget those yeah uh, so yeah i think he does have some he is going to be i think a more under the radar player than a lot of the people on this but i don't think that puts him in danger per se yeah and honestly like 
I don't think Nick's winning game was actually very great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I actually have a lot of faith in him as a player because I think he actually thinks about the things that like like Survivor people on Reddit would think about. Like, wait a minute, um, Amber is a threat because she's not a threat. Um, he knows that stuff. Like, I think he's actually going to think about it a lot. Even his, I, th- I was so impressed by his preseason interviews where the dude's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt. He's like, he's like my strategy for um my training method was eating a bunch of mcdonald's so he gains weight Mm -hmm. so that he just like he doesn't look like him Mm -hmm. he doesn't look like kentucky nick wilson he looks like gavin Hmm. like honestly in a couple shots i thought like a couple screenshots i thought it was old footage of zeke like that's what he looks like he looks like a goofy (laughs) like goofy dude um and like i think he even has a mustache growing out like he's doing a lot like this is like method acting and his preseason interviews are like, yeah, I don't know anybody. Um, and that's what I'm going to play up. Like, I'm the new kid on the block. And I literally don't know these people. And there's going to be so many pregame alliances. They're not going to really think about voting me out. He thinks about that stuff. He's really, really smart. Um, I think he's going to do really, really, really well. A top tier winner candidate. Hmm. Wasn't so high on him before we discussed him. But yeah, I think he's stronger. I think David versus Goliath, yeah, it wasn't the prettiest game, but he did what he needed to to get to the end and win. And I think with this cast, it's stronger than David versus Goliath, but I think it's that same sort of energy where there's a lot of big players in there, but I think Nick can navigate through it. Yep. Even potentially, like, better. Like, yeah, I think he knows what his flaws were in David versus Goliath and is working to improve on them. Oh, Yeah. Like, I I would say just here to compare Nick and Adam, Adam's preseason interview was like, yeah, people on the internet think, like, my win wasn't amazing. Well, I'm here to show that, like, you know what? They're wrong. Um, I won Survivor. You did. Like, he Adam comes off entitled. Nick comes mm-hmm. off like he's like, yeah, you're right. I, I did a lot of dumb stuff. Haha. <laughs> but I'm going to learn and do better this time. Like, he's way more mature. He's like, and I think he knows the same amount about these people. But I don't think people will remember that about him. Mm-hmm. Like the level of super fan that he is. I just, I don't think that part, like, I don't think you remember super fan from Nick. Mm-hmm. You remember smarter than he seemed and a little sneakier. And, but not like he could probably name all their birthdays. <laughs> like, like, like he was a Rob has a podcast patron for like four years before he played. Like I knew of him before the game. Like hmm. um, the guys, a, he's one of us. Um, and I think he's going to do really well. Additionally, other players in Nick's spot in David versus Goliath, like the Goliaths were pagonging them and sure it was a mix of the idol nullifier, a steal of vote and an idol that was able to switch the game all at once. I don't think a worse player, a less creative player in that spot has any chance of winning. Like I think without Nick, that side gets pagonged and those advantages individually do nothing. And I mm-hmm. think in a game where there's going to have more advantages than any other ones, because fire token, Nick's going to be uniquely positioned to use those things to actually benefit his win equity, which most people like play an idol and save themselves. Nick plays an idol to split minority split a vote to protect from other idols. Like he thinks about this more than other people. Mm-hmm. He feels like the one most prepared to deal with a glut of advantages. Yes. Like, like, a lot of these people obviously have little to no experience with anything other than an idol. I feel like Nick had that season where there was so much going on, like, he is able to address it and think creatively about what to do with it all. I'm sure Nick has played an online reality game with a twist like this before. Mm-hmm. Like, as lame as that is, I'm sure that puts him on a, like, 
at least an experience level above these yeah people. thinking about it like yeah just thinking that that's possible some of these people probably never thought of like anything like fire tokens yeah so i'm super high on him i think he's gonna do amazing like like in my top five yeah you you've convinced me more on him I wasn't really leaning either way on him, but yeah. He's I also think. a good confessionalist. I, I think he ends up being the biggest character of David vs. Goliath. Mm. <laughs> I believe so. Like by stats? By confessional count. I okay, think, okay. Because just... I was like, that cast is just stacked with actual characters. Oh, so. yeah. No, I, I mean like Christian, <laughs> like those people I think are better yeah. characters. But I remember that being like the one thing about him was like he was super visible. Mm-hmm. Um. I, yeah. I think this is a very fun take on him because I think when we covered David versus Goliath, we were very, very low on there at the beginning. Pre-season. Oh, I was super low on him when he actually <laughs> won. I was like, I because again, I thought his winning game was not great. It sucked that it was like, oh, he won because Mike White couldn't own up to winning. Sure. That sucked. Um, and I think honestly, David versus Goliath kind of finale, but that's not him as a player. Right. Especially him learning, right? um who's up next sandra <gasps> queen stays queen queen stays queen i mean can't argue with that mm-hmm. two-time winner um can sandra win this game joe yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it's such a like unique and weird path though like i said i don't think because she lost game changers because she went out pre-merge i don't think her target is as high mm-hmm. like obviously she's still like a name of survivor that people go after but i don't think people are as afraid of her anymore agreed like yeah I honestly if you think about game changers i feel like a lot of that was like when are we going to get out sandra like sandra has to go at some point i don't yeah. think that's necessarily the read here it's more like sandra is once again just a player that you play with and a piece that either goes or wins. I agree. I, I think her threat level has gone way down. Maybe the giant statues being there <laughs> don't help her. But <laughs> I think especially if this goes meat shield route, like like we've been saying, it's it's one or one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. If it goes meat shield route, Sandra's the perfect one because she can't win challenges. And she, I mean, I guess she found one, but like she's not an idle hound mm-hmm. and she can't win immunity challenges. So She's the ultimate meat shield. Um, in a way, that's how you probably end up losing to her if you get too far in that right. logic. But like booting her at six or something is probably optimal play. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Suri strategy, I think, yeah. at this point. Because she's like, if you look at all her games, she's loyal. She's like, mm-hmm. despite being like a, an enigma and like out there abrasive person, like she's pretty consistent. Like, she pretty much does what she says she's going to do. I do think there is a chance that she makes it to the end. And like we said, her being Sandra is not enough to win. Yeah. Like, I think there is a chance she... That could be the thing, right? Like, maybe her, like, thought process is, I'm Sandra. Because I know, like, for Game Changers, I remember watching hours (laughs) of content of her preseason stuff. And what she was saying was, like, listen, guys, I don't care if I win. I just want the $100,000. When I get to the end, uh, you guys can win. And, like, I feel like if you put this in poker analogy, like, she might think that if she gets to the end, she automatically wins because she's the two-time winner. I don't think anyone holds that to a higher, more important standard than Sandra. Um, And I think there's a chance she folds so much or checks so much, gives away so much of her edge and so much of her influence that she's kind of just left with nothing and she's a goat Mm -hmm. yeah if she relies too much on being like like a number the number part of her game like the loyal person then the time she's sneaky and proactive i think that's where she gets in trouble yep and i think with her reputation 
as it is, it's like the highest point that it could be at where she's more likely to just rely on who she is rather than what yes. she does. Because I honestly, I think I stand by, I just don't think reputation's going to be yeah. that much at the end of the day. Um, I think this is going to be like a sink or swim kind of thing. I, I mean, I think Red Boots early, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I don't want to play with Boston Rob, vote him out. But um, I don't think reputation will matter at the end of the game. I think it'll matter merge probably mm. maybe a little bit but like in like subconsciously but i don't think people will be explicitly like we have to get rid of poverty because she has the highest uh days played in survivor <laughs> history like you know that, that's not gonna happen yeah i think that's the nice thing about all these winners is there's no there's no room to be a jenna lewis really like we talk yeah. about different levels of threat but at the end of the day everyone won so there's a reason you can point out each of these people as someone to worry about yeah so and especially like with those people if like an alliance of like michelle danny adam sophie forms like the the counter argument that like someone like nick or like jeremy or something would make is like amber won all stars sandra won (laughs) heroes vs villains parvati won micronesia like it's you know, it's um like the quiet ones that aren't the top name don't usually win. Mm-hmm. So it's like every every advantage is a weakness in the game. Right. Um, I don't know. I, honestly, I, this is I guess I'm not that high on Sandra as a player, um, <laughs> which is a ludicrous thing I know to say about a two time winner. I just like I don't know. I think she is good at being a person that people want to root for. I think that's like a crucial part of the game of Survivor. Um, Because she's a lot of fun. She's very charismatic. I think she's a really good social game. I feel like she's consistently made not fantastic game moves in every season she's made. Like, here's her villains. It was the story of Sandra failing to do what she wanted to do in the game the whole time. It was just a Pagangi. So she was still there. Um, Like, she wanted Russell out. If she took out Russell, she couldn't win the game anymore. Like, self-defeating strategy. I don't think she... I think she doesn't hold a candle in this cast. Hmm. It's it's very hard, right? Because... I mean, she won two of her seasons. And then the third one, like... She got swap screwed. Yeah, she was almost, like, not, like, going home at the time she did. So it's like, I see why you might be lower on her, because a lot of it just feels like these almost miraculous, like, she got out of the scrapes, but... Lil wins immunity. (laughs) Like... But there's, like, parts where it's, like, these are some good moves. Like, her getting out coach in Heroes versus Villains, I think, is yeah. really good. Or, like, swaying stuff at the end of Pearl Island. Yeah, she but actually like, does a lot of good stuff at certain points. It's, like, one of those things where I think she does do things that aren't the greatest for her game, but is able to patch them up most of the time. Or was able to patch them up in her two seasons. It's just a question of... I think the real thing is she doesn't get punished for her mistakes like other people do. Right. Like, I think she does good things. I think she's got a good mind for the game. Obviously, she won. I'd still say she's one of the better players on this cast, probably. Like, like not the bottom. She's not the bottom. Mm-hmm. But um, I also think, like, a lot of other players who make the same mistake, she does go home at that spot. And then right. instead, like, I think it's an anomaly that she just is in Heroes vs. Villains, openly targeting the people in control, and they just don't care. You know what I mean? Like, Robin Parvati, or Russell and Parvati knew Sandra was after them the whole time. Mm-hmm. They just, she was still there. I don't think that happens in modern Survivor. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like stuff like that's a relic of old Survivor. Like, I can't remember the last time, like, someone's just reluctantly in the end. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's actually been a long time. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't think she's going to win. I could see her being, like, Game Changer Sandra almost exactly. Yeah, where she... They're not going to vote her out first. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think with Game Changers happening, it's helped her. I think she'll be safe. I think if for some reason this tribe goes very physical, like, we need to keep physical strength like 
she or Nick might be in a tough spot, but sure. otherwise, I think they're okay for yeah, cool. Uh, one round. So let's move to Sarah, like the spiciest person on the cast, yeah. I think, which is bizarre. Like, Imagine, like, <laughs> I have so much, so many thoughts about Sarah. So, like the big thing that I've been seeing as we lead up to the season starting is all the other castaways. Well, all the castaways started cast a vote too, but like they all do this thing where they vote for like who they want out first, I guess, and like. Sarah has amassed five votes somehow so far with like only five. five? Yeah, only five so far. I thought it was more than that. I guess they've so, only done a couple of them though. They've done yeah. fifteen, so okay, got like five people That's, to go. Okay, I Not should say lie, in my head, my head cannon was that she got like. <laughs> well, it was a lot, and then I think more came in that like spread out, but she's still in the lead. Um, yeah. Most notably today, Jeremy voted for Nick and commented on how. He had gained so much weight in three days, which was very shady and very rude and why I stand Jeremy less. But um, yeah, so Sarah is perceived as a like gigantic threat. Yep. And even with how she won Game Changers, I wouldn't necessarily have seen it coming. Like, I don't see her as like a legend per se, but people seem to have... I think it's really the fact that she played one way in Kageon, she played the opposite way in Game Changers. There's game changers, and now people have no way to perceive her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's honestly, I like Sarah in Kageyan is such a fun, goofy character, mm-hmm. and then Sarah in Game Changers is scary. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think a lot of the reason she's getting the preseason thing, like fear, is if you go dig into what she was actually doing that didn't get shown on Game Changers, like she took Brad Culpepper's Reddit wedding ring. Uh, said she was gonna throw it in the ocean if she if he didn't do what she wanted. Uh, she made like Andrea swear on her dead sister's grave um, on the like anniversary of it or whatever, uh, and then voted her out like the Sierra Don Thomas stuff. I think that enough of these people on this cast have friends that played with her mm-hmm. that are like, "Yo, she is scary." <laughs> like. Um, <laughs> I think that's what we're seeing is all the stuff that didn't get shown actually biting Sarah in the butt a little bit where like it's just she sounds horrifying. Everybody had her as their number one ally in Game Changers. I think there's a legitimate case that Sarah in Game Changers is the single best game performance of all time. For me, the only caveat is that she went in looking like a joke. But other than that, I think she played perfect. Hmm. Um, That said, she is screwed because you can only ever like. So much of her, I think she was able to do things no one else in the history of Survivor has ever been able to do in Game Changers, which is like float back and forth, like ruthless blindside on this person, ruthless blindside person on the other alliance back, like grab an, grab an advantage from the one person. Like it was like a John Wick movie, what she was doing in there, um, like a Jackie Chan, like bouncing off the walls, like stab guy in the back and mm-hmm. flip backwards. Um, but it was all, I mean, a lot of it was on the grounds of people saw her like her game in Kageyan was she's so blindly loyal to the point of cartoonishness so mm-hmm. people gave her the benefit of the doubt i think like but i think you can only like rip off your like like chucky e. cheese mask and see like a lizard face once and no one ever trusts you ever again mm-hmm. yeah i think her intention is to go into this playing like acknowledging what she did and playing loyal and i think her and a few people still to come fall into the sort of the cast mcquillan trap where their last time they played they were ruthless and they want to be better but you just can't shake that and 
Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I think for Sarah, it's going to be very immediate <laughs> that it hurts her, but she's got first boot energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <sighs> like I want Sarah to do well. She's a hard player. Um, mm-hmm. and she's probably benefited a little bit by Tony being there. I think like they're good friends. That's like, I think so. Well known. Uh, they apparently talk all the time. Like Tony is like the one, the, like Tony doesn't talk to anybody except Sarah mm-hmm. from what I understand um he could maybe help but it's tony so i don't know how much he's gonna be able to even vouch for her like yeah it'll be i think they can weirdly almost pull in sandra and then it really is that case of three threats can they get enough to control the tribe or what yeah they need two more to to, like it's yeah it's gonna be dicey for sarah and i just think that um like it's so tricky to know because so many people are going to be using the same kind of strategy she had which is play on your old reputation and be the opposite Mm -hmm. but she can't do that again and i i I can't imagine she makes the merge i think if she does that's really impressive Mm -hmm. but like i don't know the other thing is she's coming out really cocky in her preseason like right yeah saying she's the greatest because she beat sandra if that comes out at all sandra's going her yeah for sure um (laughs) like in addition um with sarah i don't think she knows as much about something that's like she's not a super duper fan kind of Mm -hmm. person she watches the show so i I could see her maybe not doing the best with the fire tokens um and she has an obvious parent tony yeah i'm worried for her yeah just i think we talked about kim not coming back i feel like sarah should have maybe stop or like waited a See, little i don't longer. blame her because like if you look at her preseason thing it's just like i don't think she thinks she's gonna win i think she's like she's basically saying like i'm just here to have fun the first time i took it too seriously and i played bad the second time i took it way too seriously and i played really well this time you know i just want to be like a fun player so well, i think that kind of this is the worst season to do that then because you have this yes. reputation and like it's gonna it's just not gonna be fun i don't think yeah she probably just gets picked off like i don't know you're right mm-hmm. she's definitely doing the kumbaya cast thing um i just don't know how well that'll work and like she's not even like denise i know her and sarah live in the mm-hmm. and like they're really good friends poor sarah doesn't have denise on her tribe yeah like, that would be really good for her but yeah, I don't have anything else to say on Sarah. Like, I think it's good if she does well. I just yeah, it would be amazing, and you could see she's learned how to play the game. But yeah. I, ugh, it's a tough road to hoe. If Sarah wins, I think there's a good argument she's the best player of all time, despite a terrible first game. Yeah, for sure. Cool. I mean, it'd so be like move. thinking about Parvati. Like Parvati's Cook Islands, right? Yeah, Karen's wasn't that great, but hundred percent agree. Um. So we'll move here to Sophie, who is another one that, like, really hasn't come up to us at all, right? Like, I feel like everybody else we've at least mentioned has come up. Mm -hmm. Sophie's weird. Like, she even says, like, she wouldn't have won today. She wouldn't have? Yeah, like, I mean, I don't know how much of that is her knowing this podcast. She frequently has said that, like, with the new jury format, she thinks that Coach would have been able to defend himself a little bit better than getting stressed out at people individually attacking him over and over mm-hmm. again um like she's been really open about that in a way that i'm sure is strategy at this point because she says it all the time hmm. um like in like public facing things yeah sophie i'm curious what do you think is gonna happen with sophie she's sort of one i'd spent a lot of time thinking about because i think south pacific she played really really well she sort of was able to read things so expertly like found a position and then was like kept 
analyzing it, but being like, this is good for me. I'm just staying here. I don't need to change anything. And that would happen over and over and over again until she made the end yep. and she won. I think at first I thought that bodes really well for her. I think she's sort of under the radar. She's not a huge threat. She has these good abilities to read. She can honestly bond really well with a variety of people. Like, if you think about who the Minority Alliance was in South Pacific, like, that's a great spectrum of people, and it's not people who are like Sophie, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, I think the problem is, because she played this game where she never had to be like, oh, I need to change things now, because this isn't working for me. I think I'm worried if she can actually do that. Mm. Or if she does have this sort of blinder that's like, oh, this is always good for me. So, like, why would I need to change? And then she either gets voted out because of it, or she's a goat because she's what she thought was working didn't actually work. Yeah, um, like really, what's the fundamental difference between Sophie and Laurel? Other than Sophie won, obviously. <laughs> right? Um, like, I think Sophie's better. I think but... you think about it, Sophie was in her group from the start. True. Yeah. And so if you want to be very, very kind to her, you can say she saw so far into the future that she was like, this is going to work out for me. I don't need to worry about anything. Laurel is just sort of given this opportunity to do something. And I would argue we don't know if it would have worked out or not. Maybe that's what she needed to do. But mm, you know what? Actually, I'm going to walk that back because honestly, Sophie's read was, should I make a flip? Mm, nope, because I think I can beat coach. Laurel's was, I need to make a flip, but maybe not right now. Right? Like Laurel's confessionals where I have to do it because I can't beat them, mm -hmm. Hmm. which is different. Maybe that's edit, but like I, she said them, right? Like, um, <laughs> so I guess that is the difference is like, well, Sophie does beat coach, which mm. I guess is substantial enough. That said, like, it's one thing to get along really well and coach Brandon, Hans, and Albert. This wasn't so specific as not a last, is not full of like these charisma, like huge charismatic blow it people it really isn't it's kind mm -hmm. of a bland cast and even like sophie doesn't like sophie to me comes off like a lot of people might not like her mm -hmm. i don't think she's a social butterfly at all mm -mm. she's funny but in a way that people might think she's mean yeah yeah i think her bluntness is something that can not work like it has to work with certain people and I she's think, too smart yeah it's like she's obviously very intelligent i think her comments about not winning in the current state would be very smart but i think that might get her into trouble and i also think when she is sort of hit with um an obstacle like i always think of her talking to Albert about that plan and how sort of aggressive and flippant she is towards albert yes like which works for poker player albert right like yeah but it's just not i don't even think the best way to handle someone no not when... even close <laughs> i think like so if you showed a lot of really bad instincts mm -hmm. and like i think she has the mind for a good player but like i think honestly she's maybe the winner that sticks it the most as of all winners is like not super charismatic. Mm -hmm. like I think most winners, that's like one thing that kind of binds them likable. Like you throw them in any group. People probably like them. Yeah. Sophie's one of the ones where it's like, like she's a love or hate person. Yeah. I mean, if you look at her edit, it's just this very, like they wanted to show her almost as little as possible too. Yeah. I mean, she had coach and all these other big characters there, but just, she obviously doesn't translate the best as a character to root yep. for it's um, just a little condescending especially like in that scene with albert like right and i just think if like picture that to michelle like i don't think michelle takes that as well as albert yeah she doesn't it's, need to be carried bro yeah like that's the 100 percent, right like 
even to Tony, like mm-hmm. I think Albert was a really patient player. Um, I don't think most people were going to be, be on this cast are going to be willing to be talked down to. Yeah, I think Sophie's sort of strategy works for people who aren't winners. Like, yeah, like I think once she starts acting that way around these people who have won the game, who are mostly like the big person, like not necessarily big personalities, but like leader types and like people have a lot of confidence i don't think it works as well i think if sophie can realize this and maybe not get herself locked into a certain thing and be adaptable and be approachable i think she's strong there yep i agree i don't think think she's an early boot contender or anything i think she is Hmm. not first i don't think she could go first i think there's a good chance she gets there and they just don't like her i think that's a possibility um like I don't know. It's like a lot of like alpha people on this tribe. And then I feel like Sophie kind of sticks out. Amber kind of sticks out. Maybe that's a good thing. Like what the massive, I feel like I've been really negative on Sophie. Her ability to be second in command and okay with it is often good survivor play. Mm-hmm. Um, If she can like hide behind somebody, if she can find a coach and actually get in that spot, that's good. And I think I just... there's actually weird potential for her to be, if she can really grasp onto that second in command, like her tribe is filled with people who are like Tony and Wu, oh, yeah. Tyson and Jervis, Yule and Becky, Kim and Chelsea. Like it's all these people who are like had a second in command. And... I think Sophie's going to eye Tony and want to be with him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think honestly... As we, I guess, slowly migrate here to Tony. I think Tony's really set up here. Hmm. Not to win. I don't think he actually has a chance of winning. But I think Tony goes really far. Hmm, he's such... I don't know. I do want to say, I think Sophia sort of has, like, Kagi on Sarah energy. Which is probably what Tony's looking for. So... Yeah, true. Um, But yeah, Tony. Are we ready? Do we have anything else sure. to say about Sophie? Okay. Um, I guess my prediction... I think... I don't think she makes the merch. Mm, I think she makes the merch. <laughs> That's that. Do you think she can win? Yeah. Huh. She's one of the ones on my pool where I'm like, definitely can't win. Mm. No, I see her almost as the heroes versus villain Sandra. Like, Mm. you won't expect it, but Sophie might win this. Mm. Okay, cool. I could could see that. Like, I always want my winners to be, like, aggressive and, like, big game players. But, like, you're right. That that is a lane for Sophie. She doesn't get voted. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, let's go to Tony. So, Joe, where do you think Tony fits? Because I think he's really interesting here where, like we said with... Game Changers lowering Sandra's threat target. I mean, Tony went into Game Changers with, like, huge target. And I think he's entering this game with none. I I still think he has a gigantic target. Really? Yeah, like, I think people see Tony as this insane, larger-than-life wild card who is unpredictable and, like, has one doing that. So it's not someone you want to be around with. That being said, he was not the first boot of Game Changers, which I think is sort of underreported. Yeah, mm. yeah, he went on the first night, but like neither him nor Sandra was the target in that first one. It was Sierra versus Michaela. So yep. like he does have some ability to get there. I think it's just, it really is like, he needs to make the relationships to stick around. And I know a lot of discussion is like, how can you ever imagine like early Kagion Tony after you've seen what he becomes and where he is in Game Changers? But I think that's sort of the energy he needs to last a long time in. Honestly, I don't think early Kagion Tony is much different than... uh early game changers tony to be honest like you can see it like you can see where they lead into one another but like i don't know it's just tony had my favorite preview where i think he summed himself up so well and i've kind of stolen this line from him i use it a lot now 
of the interviewer asks something along the lines of, so Tony, like you're known for kind of erratic gameplay. Like, do you ever regret things you do? And he's like, oh, no, absolutely. I regret them immediately. I, I, I fire the gun. And then as the bullets are firing in the air, I'm like, oh, uh, oh, no, I shouldn't have fired that. <laughs> um, I, I don't know why I pulled the trigger. I just did. Um, that's Tony. Like, mm-hmm. I think he has a great mind for the game. I think he's really smart. I think he's impulsive. Like that's that's his problem. He's driven by impulse. Yeah, and he's such a good player that he's able to often fix it. But yeah, like he, that's the thing is, I feel like if he's on a leash, he's actually a really really good survivor player or even a really good survivor coach. Um, but <laughs> he gets too invested. He thinks too much. He overthinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always he's always on the precipice of like just messing things up enough that it is bad for him. Yeah. But like when he's at the top of it, he is like riding that wave right at the peak. And like it's yeah. a really big, strong wave. So yeah, he's like the Professor Frank of uh like Survivor, like from The Simpsons, where he, he like he's the mad scientist. He's <laughs> he's good, but he's also insane, and that causes him to do silly things sometimes. But like you're right, he wasn't the first boot of Game Changers. And honestly, it, from my recollection, he really only left in Game Changers because he got him and Sandra got caught walking away together in the middle of the night. Like, it, yeah, like people think of him running through the idol, like through the jungle and looking for the idol. He lived fine and was in a controlling position there. Like, mm-hmm. he was fine. He controlled that vote. It yeah, wasn't until sort of, it was like, it turned, oh, wait, Sandra and Tony are together. <gasps> and then they had to flip on each other and they picked Sandra over Tony. Like, that's what yeah. happened. It turned into that one on one. And that was sort of the thing. Yeah, From I, what think I understand. I think they want to work together this time. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Tony played like I honestly think his Game Changers game is super underrated obviously he's like a boot but like i i think he was just in an awkward tribe where he was on a tribe with xandra and like it was a tribe of like caleb's on his tribe like caleb tony and sandra is a bizarre tribe it was bad casting he stuck it like a sore thumb he was still able to do a little bit with it and mm-hmm. wasn't even like definitely the second boot like luck kind of fell against him yeah so i think even watching people's interviews I remember in Game Changers, everyone's like, oh, my God, Tony's so scary. He's brilliant. He's the best player. Like, There's a lot of, is Tony the best player ever thought process then. Now, the interviewer asked even Jeremy, like, so who's like, who do you think's like uh, the best player other than yourself? Jeremy says, well, he's definitely not the best player, but I just love Tony. Ha ha ha. Tony's a joke. They see him as a joke. <laughs> he's not a joke. Um, Tony's really dangerous. And I think a lot of people, I think he's. If you're um, calculating for the baseline, so like bell curving for the average, Tony is Abby Maria in uh, Second Chance. Everyone sees him as just like the obvious lunatic, and they're all going to try to use him as a goat. I think he's way, 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 way better than Maria. He's going to have a lot of influence in this game. I think I honestly think he's going to play out like Abby Maria in uh, Cambodia, where I think Tony's going to decide the pre-merge. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways that can go wrong for Tony, but he can definitely find the one way it goes all he capitalizes on everything because i think even if he is considered a joke i think if he's successful he's going to be making big moves and i think this is a season whether you like it or not where big going to be rewarded yes. so if he makes it to the end i can see him presenting that case yeah and like honestly like nick's gonna love working with tony like yeah. he's gonna think that's funny tyson's gonna think working with tony is just funny mm-hmm. and that's gonna motivate him to do it i think uh, sophie wendell you will DM as someone to work with Sandra and Sarah, obviously. Yep. Like, really, it's like Amber and Kim, which like uh-huh. do not like they don't have a lot of force behind them. Like we say, Kim's one of the best of all time, but like she she's can't timid. Ask, 
she can't amass an army against Tony. No, like, I know. And I think Wendell will see Tony as his dom. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, I don't know. I think Tony's really set up, especially on this tribe. Sophie will see him as his coach. Wendell's going to see him as his dom. Uh, like, yeah. like, Sarah loves him. They're good friends. Mm-hmm. Like, Sandra apparently wants to work with him. I think he's going to be really, really set up here. Right. I think he's the one who slips through the cracks, regardless of if this is threats target each other or if it's um like meat shields. Either way, I think Tony slips through the cracks. Yep. I don't think, I think he can win though. I, uh, I think it's possible. I have him as a check mark, but it's reluctant. I think the biggest thing is he will be seen as a leader, and he's like the type of leader where you're going to want to whisper with other people and be like, should we get Tony out? But you won't know the right people to whisper to. And so it will never come about. It's a brilliant and like brilliant point. Like like, taking out Amber is so much easier than taking out Tony for that Mm -hmm. reason. Cause you don't know what wackadoodle alliances Tony's in. Mm -hmm. Like um, it's the whole mega tricks thing, right? Yeah. I think maybe something that hurts him is if he gets in. Cause like I was thinking like if he did that with Kim, like, because Kim is another person who I think fits that mold of you might not know who to talk to mm. to get her out. But if they're going against each other, I think you would prefer Kim over Tony. I think yeah. so, too. I just don't think Kim targets Tony. Like I feel like thinking of the One World cast, like a Tony person was greatly missing from there. So I think oh, it's yeah. something she hasn't dealt with and we haven't seen. So we don't know. I remember her on podcast t- saying she really likes him, like hmm. thinks he's really funny. Hmm. So that's something. And, and I like, guess you kind of think Tony's successes may be tied to somewhat of a Trish character. Yeah. And I think there's lots of potentials on the cast, but I think lots of potentials on this tribal for like someone who can keep him in some sort of check. Yep. Maybe like uh, direct his moves so they are more powerful. Yeah. I predict he's going to be like sixth place, to be honest, like almost the exact Abby Maria spot. I think if he's not winning a little lower like ninth to eighth i'm i'd be stunned with a to- i i just like i think people use him as a shield like a big old shield and whoever's actually using him as the like most successfully using him as a shield win hmm. i think is very likely um because i think him targeting like taking out trish people will remember that no one's gonna think he's like wendell will be like wait a minute this guy isn't dom like dom's like, <laughs> like he's gonna come for me at some point right because that's the one thing like tony is the anti-Sarah. Tony has no goodwill for being loyal, right? Like, mm-hmm. Tony, if anything, you'd be scared to align with him long, long term. Because you know that he cuts his own allies. Yeah. So, is that good for Tony? That's good for me. Mm. Like, I think no matter what, Tony will look the same. <laughs> yeah. As we said, there's only a couple winners that had negativity in the pre-merge when Tony, because he was continuously cp negative all game pretty much Mm -hmm. um because it was just like that in game changers too like that's just what tony's gonna look like yeah and i think that's my where maybe where people think like oh well tony's gonna be the same old but i think even though that's probably how it'll be presented i think you think about dynamics and how he's perceived actually that's why it's different yes i agree yeah like the difference between tony and game changers and kageon is like that him giving confessionals being like well i'm okay with sarah knowing because uh uh, if she knows, then I know, then she knows, like, he just got, like, a little bit more justification. <laughs> You're still insane. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to Tyson. Um, Really well positioned, I think. Hmm. Tyson. A strange one. What are your thoughts on Tyson? I think he, like Sarah, falls into that Kumbaya cast position where I, to win, he played villainously. I think his first season, what made him a character that they wanted to bring back was sort of this just very devilish character. And now he's like 
I just want to be chill and relaxed and I'm getting older. So, and I think that's not what people are expecting from Tyson and they're going to want to vote him out before he becomes a problem. Honestly, I think I mentioned that, uh, Samuel Del Sur is like the forgotten season. I think Bluffers too. I don't think people like T- Tyson is villainous. But I don't think he's as villainous as Tony. I think Tyson's scary, but he's not as scary as Rob. Like he's kind of middle of the road. Like yeah, he's sort of forgettable. Yeah. Like yeah. Like I, I don't know. He's the one that's like, oh, Tyson won. Huh. I remember him in Token Cheats. He's really funny there. Like, like three very distinct appearances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he enters the four-time club now. Mm-hmm. See, the thing for me, I have Tyson maybe with the most percentage to win, purely hmm. on the basis of Edge of Extinction, and I think him being a good player. Like, Tyson's a professional athlete. Like, that's his, like that's what he was, right? Like, that was his job path, was a cyclist. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So he's super athletic. He's always been amazing at challenges. That's what he was in Token Jeans, right? He was Aussie, and then, I mean Aussie, and then whatever. Here's his villains. He didn't get a chance, but... <laughs> One of the main reasons he ends up winning Blood vs. Water is because he's neutralized as a challenge threat because he, like, breaks his arm. Mm-hmm. He's wearing the cast all the time. And then he takes it off at, like, final seven and just wins the rest of the immunities. Um, That's pretty huge. I don't think there's a, uh, like, Tyson has so much, I think is so much more athletic than everybody on this cast. Like, is a literal professional athlete that, like I said, I think he ha- still has a lot of win equity if he's the first boot or the second boot or the third boot. He's like Chris mm-hmm. Underwood. Like he does have a lot of win equity. Also, he's he finds idols, so he'll be able to sell his stuff for a lot of gold or whatever. Um, <laughs> sold at the auction house. Uh, come back with like the sick mount and stuff. Like he's just gonna like he's gonna be in a good position. And on top of that, he's just a really good player, and he's not a super threat. I just think there's a lot of avenues where he can do well. Some of them involve him getting voted out early, and some not getting voted out but either way he's in a strong spot i think i don't have as much faith as in him as like an edge of extinction threat like i don't know he just doesn't read to me as like a super strong challenge threat um but i do think you're right about the like where he stands in the game he's definitely like not the most threatening but someone who probably should be I don't know. yeah i think he is a little abrasive like if he rubs people the wrong way like that's going to be bad for him but it's a question of whether he will or not. True. He's likable. Like he's snarky, but he's like he's like Simon Cowell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you like you're like, oh, he's kind of mean. But also I want his approval because he tells the truth. I think and like if you think about how he was in Token Jeans, he sort of starts out sort of quirky and weird. And then I think he's the kind of person where you can sort of as you you see these like mean sides or like uh snarky sides come out. But by then you're already like friends with him or aligned with him. So it's like, well, that's part of the Tyson I like. So yes. I think he does have this ability to endear himself to people before he's a known villain. And I think obviously these people have had three seasons to see this, but they don't I don't think he has that reputation no, as someone he's kind of forgettable who's someone who's always mean to everyone like 100 yeah. he's a villain but he's like kind of not a villain like i don't know he's, he's like weirdly for sure 100 a villain but very love to hate yes but it's almost like you're just like you're laughing with him you know what mm-hmm. i mean like he kind of just makes fun of people but not in a super mean way in a kind of goofy way so you still are like oh i'm annoyed at him he's being bad but like oh, he, he kind of has a point though mm-hmm. um and i think he's a good player like 
he got people to actually follow him and enthusiastically go to the end with him. That's yeah. pretty big. Especially always considering a, they knew he was going to win, right? Like, yep, always in a power position in yep. Blood versus Water. He just has to get there. Yep. His Blood, like, his Blood versus Water game is really good. Additionally, I know, like, him and Sophie are friends. Uh, him and Boston Rob are friends. He, like, he's a well-connected guy, and he's also not someone you'd think of as being well-connected. Mm-hmm. He's not Boston Rob or Sandra, but he probably has the same amount of connections. People just don't realize it. Yeah. Part of me just, he, like, I, a friend of mine does a huge Survivor draft with hundreds of people. And he, so, like, hundreds of people all do this draft where they pick who they think is going to win. Tyson was by far the n- most number one picked. Mm-hmm. I think I saw that. Um, I th- Honestly, I think it's because it's a Rob Has a Podcast affiliate uh, thing, and he's a regular guest on rob has a podcast i'm sure that yeah. heavily skews it but like it's for good reason like he is a good player he's clearly learned it would be weird if like someone who won on the third try is the second time two-time winner yeah and especially after their second time going down an infamy yeah but i don't know i'm here for it like i feel you like i to need to with. I need to rewatch a tyson season and then yeah because i think i like tyson more than i think too so I guess I'm That's excited to see how here. I think I like him more than I think I do. Like when I'm looking at the cast and like picking who I think is going to win, I'm not jumping out at Tyson or like who I'm excited for. And then he gives his mm-hmm. interview and I'm like, I like Tyson. And then I go back to forgetting. I like him. Like it's like sometimes, a superpower. Sometimes a little too like smug and arrogant for me. Yes. But like other times I'm like, eh, he's fine. I though. love what he was doing, which evidently impacted even like the survivor press where he was saying that, uh, Boston Rob and Sandra got uh, $500,000 for going on Survivor 39, and they got the same amount for being here. Uh, and he found out from John Fincher, who's probably his wife, who, who learned about it from Aris. And, like, did you hear about this? I have not. So, he, um, Aris was in the casting process, mm-hmm. and he's, but he knew Tyson somehow found out that Ty- Ars was not going to be on. So he got Ars to spread a rumor that Par- that Rob and Sandra and Parvati are making way more than all the other ones. And he said that Ars got the information from John Fincher, who's like married to Parvati, <laughs> and um, that it, it was matching Rob and Sandra's Island of the Idols fee. He completely made all the numbers up um and they all believe it they're all talking about it in their preseason press hmm. and like literally they're just like yeah well like i don't know if i want like i i feel like kind of undervalued like um like how's that the case <laughs> and even like in the rumors before the season of like how much people got paid and how boston rob and amber and stuff got there the numbers that came back were the ones that tyson made up hmm. like that's insane um like, so he's just he's like what he was talking about in the preseason stuff was just like people aren't considering how much you can just kind of make stuff up and if you attribute it to some random other person they'd never really realize it's you and that's pretty funny and good (laughs) he's smart i don't know yeah and yeah so he was just trying to like he was like yeah so i I took down parody sandra rob um amber (laughs) all in one one little lie they're all none of them can Mm. win now so that's pretty fun yeah so that brings us to wendell wendell holland i feel like a lot of people are really high on him i'm not yeah i feel like eh. (laughs) he's boring i think like ghost island we saw enough of his weaknesses yes that i just don't have faith in him in an all-winner season like i've been hearing some wild takes that wendell's one of the best stuff like i'm just like i feel like i paid too much attention to ghost island to ever think that he did what he needed to win that season and just barely but like ugh, he had some he had some moves that 
don't give me a lot of faith in him. Yeah. Like so many times we had literal scenes of people being like, wow, we need to talk to Wendell. Where is he? Oh, he's building the shelter again. Huh? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, but that's not a good play. He happened to win. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm worried that I don't know, like maybe not worried, worried is the wrong word, but to me, the more that Wendell being on here, it's more like, man, I wish Dominic won the game. Mm-hmm. How much more fun would it be with Dominic on this tribe with Tony than Wendell? Yeah, for sure. I just think, I, I don't think he's like first boot material, but like he feels very background like Adam is. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna like, I don't think Wendell's a particularly fantastic game player. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know. He's, he's just kind of cool. I think his I think his social game's overrated. I think, I think there's a lot of things that are overrated about him. I think he was facing a total goat and like a Russell Hans type. And he was mm-hmm. kind of a cool dude who barely won. Yeah. It's very much just like a lot of things worked out. And like, I think the whole, uh, Navidi Pagani of Malolo mm-hmm. was like, was so like, obviously so beneficial to him. Like, I don't see a world he wins. Like, I really think he's drying dead yeah. because I, I just don't have much faith in him. And I also don't think he's, I think he thinks he's a little bit more likable than he, and I mm-hmm. think the hype's gone into him. And I think thinking your likability is your strongest asset is not a good take for this season. Because like yes. I said, you need to make moves, and I don't think Wendell made a ton of moves in Ghost Island, especially ones that weren't related to, like, advantage and stuff. And so I think this is not the season where you can sort of ride on goodwill and a majority mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, and, like, honestly, like, you look at a lot of the jurors who voted for him, it's, like, Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's just randomly really bitter at, like, the other thing I feel like none of people have looked at an examination of why Dominic lost. He lost because a lot of people were mad that he made Sebastian feel bad, and Sebastian showed up to Final Travel drunk. Like, there, that was a weird jury. It was. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I can't stop holding that against him. I do think he has a couple really brilliant moves, like where the that split tribal where he gets um all, everybody to target each other away from him that was really good mm-hmm. like he has a l- few glimmers of greatness but overwhelmingly i feel like he isn't i think he's really really overrated and i don't i think he buys the hype and i also think he thinks he knows like think he is under the impression that he's but i i feel like he's going to flop like i feel like he's going to be like Sarah Lucina in Kagiyan, where he just blindly trusts his pregames mm-hmm. and they don't trust him back. Yeah. We sort of think of like Tyson is very forgettable, but like that's maybe a good thing for him. Wendell, I think, is the opposite where he seems like a big character, but he's just going to fall fall into the background amidst everyone else here. And it's not a good thing. Because I don't think he wants that and he's gonna be fighting against it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um and I'll never forget, I mean, like, Wendell postseason described his game as like being infused with Russell Hans, and I just don't think he knows Survivor as well as he does. Mm-hmm. Every time he goes on, the, like, Robin's a podcast, he has really bl- bad, bland takes. Hmm. I just don't think he knows Survivor as well as he thinks he and I don't think he's just nearly as strategic as he thinks he does. I think the post-Ghost Island narrative has been, like, Dom and Wendell just ran the game. Dom and Wendell, Dom and Wendell. And I just don't think that's 100% what happened there. Yeah, I kind of think Dom was firmly in power. Wendell looked like the second in command, but I don't know what he really did. And then they had their... Wendell got a good edit. Yeah. <laughs> like, and even then, like, we, I remember talking on the podcast being like, well, Wendell's obviously winning, but like, do they have no good content for him? Right. Like, he was kind of invisible for a lot of it and in the merge. And there'd be entire episodes where all his content was like him being like, I don't really feel like I need to do anything right now. Mm-hmm. 
I know I flipped to Dominic because I was like, this character isn't the best. Like, if he were someone that would that is winning, like we would see more good things and few to none of these bad things that are happening. But yeah, that's where we got tricked. And yeah, yeah. I think it was more. Um, we didn't see things as the game was actually being played. Obviously, agreed. I'll I think see. it's one of the most manipulated edits. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's Wendell. Um, I think he's pre-merge. Mm maybe makes merge but i just don't he's a supporting character whether it's yeah he's like our chelsea yeah uh, he's gonna get low 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 visibility oh yeah i think he's already the least visible male of all time maybe i think so it's him or bob but it's (laughs) close yeah um which yeah i mean like if you win and you're apparently a dominating winner and you barely beat bob crowley in visibility probably means Mm -hmm. you weren't the dominating winner you think you were (laughs) this is a little scathing uh (laughs) let's move to yule uh, before everyone cancels us for hating one. He seems like a great guy. He follows me on yeah. Good dude. Um, but yeah, so we'll move to Yule, who I was stunned to see on the cast. I was just constantly refreshing, being like, I can't wait for the cast. Just please, you will be on here because it's the only one he'd ever play. This man is way too, like, like he's like an executive at Facebook. Like, mm-hmm. he's just been super successful. Like, he ran the Obama campaign. Like, <laughs> he's a successful dude. Um, and... I'm so excited to see you will play. He's one of my winner candidates. Um, I think he's going to do really well. I think everything I said about Nick pretty much is true of uh, Yule, where I think Yule is extremely smart. He's going to be, uh, he, he's also very underratedly social. Um, he's a super likable and funny dude. He was so funny in his preseason interviews this season. Um, I just, I have almost nothing negative to say about you. Huh? I, I don't know if I can defend it, but I I am not very high on Yule. <gasps> I think I think he has a like threat level that exceeds his like sensibilities to play the game, which <laughs> sounds awful, but I think he's early enough that like there's an aura. He, like I don't like I know we talked about how the game has evolved but not really but I think there's enough different between Cook Islands and now that it, it feels like if he hasn't adapted like he might be in trouble and he even in Cook Islands like he was almost always in power he had an idol that super idol wouldn't let him leave the game it was just like almost like not possible and even then he only won by one so like i just i don't know how he fits in if he fully fits in and is able to pull together the same sort of dominating when he did in cook island yeah i don't think there's a chance he plays as dominating as he did in cook islands because i mean cross your fingers there's no super idol um i agree i think yule's probably overrated as a winner um but like preseason, people are actually seemingly aware of that. Like Tyson was really digging into him. For, like he was trying to list off because he only saw at this point of this interview, just the male cast. And so he was trying to like jokingly show why um, he was the best male winner there. And he's like, oh, yeah, I mean, uh, like Rob took four times to win. Um, ben needed just found a bunch of idols and didn't really play the game. What is it? Yule had that idol that uh, could only... It just completely prevented him from being voted out. Like, mm. how is he a good winner? He did the same for Tony. Like, Tyson's aware of that Yule probably is a little overrated. I think that's pretty good. Uh, Yule, to me, articulated a really, pretty much what we're saying here, where it's like, listen, guys, I might get to be the first one out just because pre-games are here. I don't know anybody. And maybe I just get voted out because I swap, like, I'm on the wrong tribe. And But he says that, but then he further goes on and says, but if I can survive long enough for those pre-games to break i'll be able to stand there as i played a loyal game i played 
a very, very loyal game, and I'm willing to break that. I'm willing to play much more aggressively. In my first season, I had to represent the Asian American community because it was race wars. This time, I have no, uh, like, I'm a gamer. I do not care about breaking morals, but I'm going to play that up. And I think I'm the kind of person that will be a foot, sh- foot soldier in someone else's alliance, and then I'll be able to actually take control. He perfectly articulated that. And I really think that Yule could easily win this game with basically that strategy of acting just like confused uh, but loyal Yule and then really turning on uh, like the charm and mm-hmm. everything. He's super athletic. He's super smart. I don't think he's not challenge liability at all. I think he'll get just enough time to be able to find the cracks. Yeah, that's the thing is it. Isn't it? I kind of worry about him saying if the pregame alliances crack because I think if there are pregame alliances that have an effect on this game, I think they last long enough to hurt him rather than crack before that happens. Yeah. So that's worrying. I do think otherwise, I don't know if confusion is a good look at any time in the season. I think you at least want to sort of know what you're doing, even if it's a little mis guided it, like does that make sense is your strategy yeah. being like yeah i'm a loyal fit soldier but you know that as opposed to sort of ever looking dobbing which i don't even know if i think yule can do that properly like yule is too capable to true be like look stupid um i don't even know if it's, he's trying to look stupid as much as he's trying to look like honestly like i think he was really going in on the like you know i'm actually kind of short um which i actually didn't know i thought he was like tall but Mm-hmm. apparently he's very short um he's like you know i i just i don't think i'm gonna look like a threat i'm just gonna try to pretend like you know i'm i'm a nice guy i'm nice and i cared about the asian american community and that's why i won and that's pretty much it like i think that's what he's going for but he very specifically said he wants to be kind of villainous i think he has a huge amount of upside um mm-hmm. i can't imagine he leaves before like the final seven wow no mm, i think i think if he is trying to play that oh i'm just a nice guy like i think people will see through that like even if he's not as big a threat as some of these other people like trying to line that yule up with the yule from Cook islands that one just is too much of a clash i think and i think it will bite him but i also think it could be like a david versus goliath nick where he outlives that and is able to get mm-hmm. himself into something. I don't know. I'm just not not sure on Yule's chances. I think he's gonna do good. Um, yeah, feels too well regarded. I just is he still like? I, I don't know. He might be. People aren't bringing him up that way though. At least from what I could tell, no one's like, "Oh my god, that's Yule." Like, I think it's not something where you like say like oh tony is a character who was on survivor kageon i think it's more oh and survivor cook islands that was the one with the race wars and there is the mutiny and then yule managed to take his alliance to the end and end up winning so true. it's more a byproduct of either thinking about that season or thinking about yule himself like if you're true like, so what did yule do and then and people know that he's really successful and his like that kind of stuff probably actually will affect him but i don't know i, I think he's gonna do well mm-hmm. um, and also he fits well in this tribe like now that we're done this tribe, I mean, like, I see, like, him and I could see him and Kim getting along. Really, I mean, he seems like a nice second to Tony. Uh, yeah, he could work with Kim. Um, yeah, like, he does fit in places. It's just if that reputation that I think he has gets out in front of him, it's in trouble. True, 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 true. I know Nick mentioned you being the number one person he wants to work with. So that's hmm. another thing. Um, okay. I don't know. I think he's going to do well. I, that's what I mean. I think you will Nick are. Mm-hmm. Nick has a really unfortunate nickname that he wants to make for the Alliance. I hope he doesn't use it. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot about Nick's, Nick's nicknames. 
<laughs> they're real bad this time. He's uh said them. So oh, yeah, he has so much prep time. I don't know. Yeah, he hasn't prepared. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, he wants to be the geniuses with uh Yule. The show The Genius is from South Korea. Mm. Yule is Korean. That's it. Like <laughs> it's it. I don't know. It's very it was very uh strange line of uh thinking he was going down. But well. anyway. Any predictions on this tribe that you want to uh, get to before we move on? Mm, I don't know. Like, like we said, it's not going to happen. Okay. What's your prediction? I think Tony and... Uh, hmm. Honestly, I think Tony runs this tribe. I don't know. It's an interesting... Looking at... Now that we've covered sort of the threats versus the non-threats, it's just, I think, how that battle forms and which side wins. Yeah. This is the better tribe, I think. The right tribe like entertainment wise yeah for sure it's more balanced and i think there's more interesting chemistries between people like the blue tribe sort of feels like square blocks just crushed against one another yeah like they're all like they're all athletic sports people and then red's like all like your flate like it doesn't have the heavy hitters like it doesn't have robin parvati but it has like the middle it's all the middle people and yeah they're all entertaining on their own so they like and together they form a pretty interesting group um so I, i'm really excited for this red tribe i think it should be mm-hmm. a lot i kind of hope we get more content with to be honest so <laughs> we have a couple predictions here lined up um so we're gonna make a bet here of who's gonna get the first confessional the oft uh like very <laughs> overanalyzed first confessional what are they coming in on what vehicle uh, mm. horses they're all coming in on horses tanks <laughs> it is war so yeah okay actually the tribal set looks sick it's like a have you seen it i have not it's like um it's almost like an Ares god of war kind of style thing where there's cannons and then there's like machine guns and there's like hmm. uh, like spears so it's like the entire history of war Ooh. it's really really cool looking um I'm it's a cool they, theme they got there i'm glad they put work into that still i feel like yeah. you think about survivor a lot of the fun stuff gets sort of stripped away and you're left with some of the bad things but the tribal set always looks really interesting it does and i think this is one of the better ones like it's it's got a cool thematic identity. Yeah. It's like survivors, a war that's been going on for a really, really long time. And there's things from all aspects of war. It's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. My prediction for first confessional poverty. Oh, um, I am going to pick Ethan. Mm, why? I just think he, I mean, he's the earliest winner. Mm-hmm. He has. Arguably. Amber's arguably earlier. Mm, no, she didn't. <laughs> Sure, okay. Uh, but Ethan has some story to tell. I think just the sort of idea that, like, this is so many years in the making, this is what I've been through, and I'm back to compete against all these other winners. Yeah, I think Ethan definitely gets an opening confessional, like, in that opening montage. Yeah. I don't think it'll be first. I think they'll yeah. start with, like, poverty being like, I'm back! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it um, is sort of that risk, I guess, that they sort of start sooner and go all the way to the back and then pick, like, a really new winner because i feel like ethan's gonna be too inspiring you know what i mean like you don't want your first like entrance to the season to be like crying however i'm sticking with it i'm okay with that because i'm gonna win so for most confessionals are we doing for this episode or for in general i was thinking this episode well not both well in general it's just like usually the winner and i okay, can't imagine true. it wouldn't be the winner so true yeah true, true, true. we'll just Unless do this. You... okay i'll go first because you went first last time 
I'm no, gonna I, go. No, 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 I win second. So, <laughs> oh, did you? Okay, yeah, you said perfect, and I said Ethan. Um, let's go with. Oh, it's a hard one. Um, I'm gonna say Rob. Okay, cool. That's almost. That's where I was going. I think there's a chance they don't overplay him just because he was just on last season. I feel like there's a chance they then they do. They double overplay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with Tony. That was my second choice. Just because, like, there's that shocking game changer stat where, like, Tony, after episode two, had more confessionals than, like, the entire final six. Mm-hmm. Or something stupid like that. Like, I mean, they clearly love going to Tony. Yeah. Granted, that was in a much worse cast, but... I think if, like, Sarah is the first boot, like, maybe it's yeah. Sarah, weirdly, but... Yeah, I mean, I feel like whoever's the first boot has a chance to steal that, but, like, I almost don't count that. Like... Well, and I don't know if it's that likely. Like, Ronnie had nowhere near... True. Like, I think he had one. True. I mean, that's like, I feel like first boots are either quiet or they're like Zane Knight. Yeah. Or Tony or whatever. So I'm, yeah, I'll go with like most that isn't like the episode being about them downfalling, mm -hmm. which I think should be Tony. I think that makes sense. The other candidates, I think, are Ben. Yeah, and... Ben was one I thought of. Sandra. <laughs> Maybe they give Adam a bunch of throwaway, like, I'm excited to see these people and this person and this person. <laughs> that could, that's possible. First boot. Um... Do I go first or do you go first? I already mixed up. I Whoever wants to go first. Okay. I'll go first. Uh, I think Sarah. <laughs> I think Sarah's screwed. Um, uh, are we picking one for each tribe or? Oh, uh, yeah, we can do that. Oh, no. So, I will, so also from red, I will say I can't pick Sarah, which I don't think I would have. I think I'm going to go with Amber. That's not a bad pick. Uh, I'm blue. I'm going to go with ooh, Adam. Okay. I might have got. I see. And I'm really stuck to my narrative of. How that trip is going to go down. So I think it's going to be either Adam or Natalie. I just think Natalie's too tied to Jeremy. But this tribe is good. Like, looking at it now, it's hard. Like, in terms of just, like, good players. Yeah. It's strong. So, mm -hmm. and finally, winner. Your official locked-in winner pick, Joe. Oh, man. You have made <laughs> some convincing arguments for uh, Nick and Tyson. But I think I am going to stick with my wishful thinking and say... This is the way Kim Spradlin Wolf cements her way in the Survivor Pantheon. Shoot. I think I'm going to go with. I think I'm going to go with Nick. As that wild it. as that is. But I would be a little disappointed. I, it'd be wild. <laughs> it'd be wild. Like, imagine but, if he effectively wins back to back. That'd be. Yeah. Mm, uh, yeah whatever um uh, i kind of want to do ben ben's probably my second i think i would go with tyson as second yeah yeah tyson's not that big i don't know there's i have the five i have the five i think one of them's gonna win but it's just cool. too like there's they've all won before so it's like how do i know it's tricky it's tricky it, to me it's like a balance of probability and like the only reason i would pick and i'm trying i don't i want to exclude edge of extinction because factoring that in i think Honestly, I probably should pick Tyson, but I want good old fashioned play to win. And so I'm not picking Tyson. I'm picking Nick. Mm -hmm. So that's our show. Uh, you can email us at, us at thewinneredit at gmail.com. Uh, I'll be editing the show probably to come out on Thursday. Uh, most of our shows are usually going to be on Saturdays. Keep up with us throughout the season. We try to figure out who's going to win. We're trying to figure out what the story of the season's telling us. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. Mm -hmm. And I'm super excited for this season. Yes. I'm. More excited than I thought I would be. Me too. I think I'm typically disappointed with the winners that Survivor produces, but like these are these are characters, yep. and like I've grown to like a lot of them, 
and some of them I'm just excited to see back. So 100%. We'll see how this all pans out. I hope the like stew works. You know what I mean? Like I think there's a chance like there's too many hot peppers and you know what I mean? Like <laughs> like too much salt or whatever. Um or too yeah. much stirring from production. Right. No, there <laughs> definitely is. Like <laughs> Yep. Um so yeah, uh you can follow me at Danny Kills Bees on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh Joe is at jchapman9000. I think so. Good thing you remembered. Yeah. <laughs> or Kitty Master 9000, depending on the day. Um, cool. Peace out. See ya.